and then I wanted to do it too. But to be honest, I had no idea what I wanted. I didn't understand the difference. To me, it just seemed like, I want to do that. I never get to do that. Or like, it was like a, I was seeing like a glimpse of a world that I've never really seen before. Like seeing them do things that I never got to do. And I, I remember like... What's cooking, everybody? If you are on YouTube right now, please hit that subscribe button, hit that like button on the video, and as always, if you have a second, would love to see you drop a comment down in the video comment section as well. I say it every week, but to everyone who is leaving likes and comments on these videos, thank you so much. It is a huge, huge help on YouTube, so I appreciate all of you. To everyone who is listening on Apple or Spotify, thank you for checking out the show there. If you haven't already, be sure to follow on either one of those platforms and leave a five-star review if you have a second. And I look forward to seeing you guys again for future episodes. Now, I am joined in the bunker today by Nasha. Nasha is a singer-songwriter, and as you can tell by the title of this video, she also grew up in the Orthodox Jewish community and later left to pursue her dreams. And so this whole topic of growing up in a very structured, rigorous, religious environment growing up and then getting outside of that later in life, I've always been very interested in it. And I don't know a ton about it across a lot of different religions, so I was happy to see Nasha come in here and talk about it, and that was a lot of our conversation. I had actually seen Nasha over a year ago. She blew up on TikTok, and I was very aware of her. She sings around New York all the time. She's got an unbelievable voice, and as it turned out, my friend Brian Kern – Shout out, Brian, was friends with Nasha. And so he reached out and said, would you want to talk to Nasha? I was like, absolutely. So we brought her in here and we did it. Now, there's one note that I do have to say, and this is entirely my fault and it's a bummer. And it's as great as this episode was, there's one thing at the end you're not going to get to hear. And I want to explain that quickly. When Nasha came in, she brought her guitarist, Gabri down, who phenomenal guy and did a phenomenal job with Nasha performing a song at the end in studio sounded incredible she did her single the lottery she did it obviously with an acoustic guitar it was unbelievable after we recorded it we took a look at the audio we put it on the speaker system and had it loud and listened to it just to check for quality and it sounded amazing and so for all my audio files out there Take this as a great lesson, something that I knew and I got careless with, and so I fucked up. But never, ever, ever check the full quality of an audio, for music especially, on a speaker system. If you're doing a podcast and you do it every week, you can edit on your speaker system. I still check the quality on headphones as well for that, but I don't check the entire thing per se. But with music which it's been like a year and a half since we were recording music in here, so it had been a while. With music, you must, must check the quality on the headphones. So I was actually going to be putting out this episode yesterday. It was all done, and I went to go do my quality check by exporting some of the music files just to figure out where all my levels were, and I heard that on the board, the mixer right here, I had her ever slightly too loud. So what happens is... When she hits several like several different notes within, say, like one syllable and changes her voice as a great singer does, the audio, if it's a little bit too loud, will not capture all of the sound and it will create a cackle. So 
when she was singing and I listened to it on the headphones, I could hear it at like the mid volume. I could hear it when the volume was at like 50, 60, 70% on your phone, like listening to a podcast or listening to music. And so I, I went through it a bunch of times. I was up all night looking at it and I'm like, we, we, I can't put it out because it wouldn't be fair to Nasha. It takes away from her performance and it was incredible. So I would never want to take away from that. So I did talk with Nasha today. We're thinking of a couple alternatives to do. Obviously, the YouTube episode can never be edited once it goes out. Now it's going to be as it is, and so you won't hear the music, which, by the way, you'll hear me talking about, oh, she's going to perform throughout the episode, and then it never happens. So it will cut off there. But in the future, maybe I'll have her record some singles down here and then edit the audio version of this podcast and include that in it and also put out at least the clips on YouTube. I don't know. We'll figure something out. But I felt terrible about that because it was the best part. I mean, as as great as our conversation was, like this girl's talent is unbelievable. Really took my breath away what 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 she did in here, and I I loved every second of it. So my apologies there. That is entirely my bad. But the rest of the podcast was great. Nasha was awesome. I really really appreciate her guitarist Gabri coming down once again. Feel really bad that that didn't make the cut per se because of the audio, but. We will figure it out in the future, and, and hopefully you guys get, get to hear her awesome voice. Check out her music, by the way. She will say where to get all that, but her name is spelled N-A-H-S-C-H-A. I hope I did not fuck that up recording this live right now. I'm pretty sure that's what it is, though. And you can find her on Apple and Spotify. That said, you know what it is. I'm Julian Dory, and this is Trendfire. Let's go. This is one of the great questions in our culture. Where is the Giving opinions and calling them facts. Everyone understands this, but few seem to do it. If you don't like the status quo, start asking questions. See, it's like so light in here right now, and yet, like, Europe is burning. It just feels weird, right? It's very, yeah. It's, it's like the world is very dark right now. It is. And, you know, for people listening, we're recording like, I think it's about six days before this episode comes out. So Putin has invaded Ukraine. All this shit's going down. I'm trying to keep track of it, but I don't know what the hell is going on. So it's got to let it play out, you know? Exactly. Yeah. That's it. But we're, we're hope for the best. We're here to talk about some fun stuff today. Yes. I've been looking forward to this a lot. Me so, too. Number one, thank you for coming in here. Thank you for having Thank me. Thank you for bringing a crew. Hell by yeah. By the way, we were in here because <laughs> we're going to try some music. And I was explaining to you before that I'd done a little bit, a little bit of work before the show happened, like with my cousin in here. And we were doing it like the old school way, like trying to get the mics lined up. But you brought, you brought like a full amp. Yeah. yeah. It's professional. So we we'll, go all out. We'll get to hear that voice a little later. I'm excited for that. But yes. in the meantime, my friend Brian Kern told mm-hmm. me I had to have you on. And I'm like, no, no, like, <laughs> I agree. I know who she is because cool. I've seen your TikTok. I saw your TikTok like a long time ago, maybe cool. like a year ago, at least something like mm. that. There was some sort of video. You had a few, but there was some sort of video that went viral of you on. I think, you know what? I think it was the one where, where the kid was talking shit from like a football field away or something. And you were yelling back. You know what oh, I'm talking the about? Alicia Keys one. I don't remember what song it was, but maybe. Because there's there's like. A good three where people are, like, talking shit to me. <laughs> there was one where you were giving it, like, right back, though. Oh, I think it's the Alicia Keys Probably. one because I... I <laughs> this lady was, like, yelling at me. 
She was just like, you suck. Like down in the subway? Yeah. She was just like screaming. And I was just like, I was just singing louder. And I was just like, thank you. (laughs) And I was like, you're so sweet. Oh, my God. And then she just kept yelling at me. And I was like, "Mm, well. See, that's how you got to handle it, though. Yeah. A lot of people, they'll be like, oh, my God, I would have freaked out. I would have like cursed her out. I would have done this and that. And I'm like, no, not my style. If you do that, that's just like it just revs them up even more. And you're just giving them too much energy. Like to me, I'm like, thank you. Absolutely. Like, I mean, what what is what is your opinion matter? You kill them with kindness. Yeah, you like, don't know why. Who are you that. anyway? <laughs> exactly. You're you're like your face is covered. Your mask is on. I can't even see your face. Like pretty cowardly, you know, to sit there and yell at someone. And one, I can't see your face. And two, like just keep walking. Yeah, I think people sometimes. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They're either just like that, obviously, or they're just having a bad day. And I just don't, like, you know, I have bad days, too. But when I'm down, I've been in that subway a million times. My first inclination is not to yell at whoever's, like, playing music right there or something. No, because, of course, it's something that no one's necessarily asking me to be down there. So I get it. You could be like, oh, it's loud or, oh, I'm on the phone. Like, okay, but you have all the freedom in the world to walk away. Exactly. And there's no need to like project the bitterness or anger onto someone, especially like you just don't know what people are going through or what's happening. And I just think it's like nice to be nice. Even if you don't like it, who cares? Why does your like we can all have an opinion, but should we always voice it if it's not necessary? Like, what is it going to do? You know? Yeah. It's not going to. It doesn't. It it adds nothing. If anything, it can like not for me, but. If someone wasn't as, like, confident in what they were doing, it could really hurt their, like, confidence and make them never want to do it again. So, if anything, you could just, like, bring someone down, which I think that's, like, how do you sleep at night if, like, that's the energy you give? You you know know? what, though? Here's a positive to it. If you're going to be, like, someone like you who's been growing, and we'll talk about where you're at here Mm because you're incredibly talented. You've been doing this a long time. Very, very cool. But. If you are looking to be a performer, not even someone who's, you know, a Grammy winner, but someone mm-hmm. who just goes and publicly performs, does it for money, whatever, mm-hmm. you you got to be able to you got to be able to handle that because you're mm-hmm. going to be in front of all different kinds of people. You never yep. know who's an asshole. You have to be able to face that. So in a yeah. way, you know, no disrespect to the people who back down and then don't want to do it again, but if you can't take that, you're probably not going to make it anyway, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the truth. It's unfortunate, but it's true. You have to have thick skin. Like, I mean, if at the end of the day you go home and something does really bother you, like, you're only human. I'm not going to be surprised. Like, I'm not made of stone. Like, I have moments, too, where I doubt myself or feel, like, in my head. But I also have enough of, like, a a shield (laughs) to just, like, let it bounce off because... I have to do what I have to do. And I know that not everyone's going to like me. Like, that's not a realistic world. Like, 
no matter who you are, you have someone who doesn't like you. Yes. Adele, Aretha Franklin. It doesn't matter. You could think you could think like, oh no, they're legendary. Everyone loves them. It's not true. There's someone that doesn't like them. And that's just because it's all like subjective or whatever. Everyone has their own opinion. You hear Completely. one voice, you're like, oh, I love it. Yeah. Someone else hears it, they're like, I don't really like it. You're like, okay, well, that's your opinion. Cool. That's the beauty of art, though, like human creativity. Mm-hmm. There's different strokes, different folks, you know? I drive yeah. some of my friends nuts. I like that. Because I listen <laughs> different strokes, different folks. I've never heard that before. You never heard that one? Mm-mm. You're going to use that one. <laughs> I think I'm it's, <laughs> it's, de- it's not mine. Someone else said that. But yeah. <laughs> you look at it like I listen to a lot of different kinds of music. If I have friends over and start to play stuff, sometimes they'll be like, what the fuck are you listening to? Yeah. And I'll throw something on that they like, you know? Mm-hmm. And they'll, I could go over their place. They'll do the same thing. And yeah. that's like kind of the beauty of like communication through it as well. Like a yeah. song isn't just, oh, you're listening to it and you're getting escapism and enjoyment. It's like it takes you somewhere. It makes, mm. you, it makes you feel a certain type of way. And then when you the, – the way songs actually get noticed is because – other people share it around and then they mm-hmm. want to listen to it and then suddenly like there's there's a shared feeling everyone has their own interpretation of it but there there's at least a similar theme going on for everyone mm-hmm. does that make sense yeah of course i think that if you allow yourself to be open to it anything can make you feel something for the most part like i feel like sometimes people are just too judgmental or they hear something and it's not what they're used to or it's not what they think they like and they'll be like "Mm." but if like maybe you really sit down and listen or listen to the words or just understand maybe even why they wrote the song or just like listen to it and appreciate it for what it is and move on then like you'll see like that's a whole different perspective like i like to think of it like that i appreciate people for what they do and that's it like i don't need to like hate on it or be like why would they write that yeah, I, I think you, you, you have like a really good perspective on stuff and it comes clear like literally in your public content. But then oh, talk with you, spending some time before this, like it's it's very genuine. And I mm-hmm. think I think that's kind of what what people are looking for behind the people whose music they listen to. Mm-hmm. You know, are there a lot of superstars who are probably like kind of fake people? Sure. There's, there's mm-hmm. plenty of them. <laughs> but there's a lot who aren't. There's a lot of people who they reach people and even after they die and stuff, like people really feel them. Like, yeah, we're talking about Pac because there was something to him. There's a lot more there than the art and it makes their art great. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm talking with people, I'm always looking for, you know, especially with like musicians, like people who have a backstory and Mm -hmm. and like, well, why did they end up this way? Yeah. And it's like that with everyone, to be clear. Mm -hmm. It's not just musicians. I mean, I do this for a living i talk with people right yeah everyone has their own perspective but for you when i was talking with brian you know i'm like yeah i've seen this girl before and then going over like the whole story of you leaving the orthodox jewish community Mm -hmm. where this is like not a thing i really want to talk about that today because you and i had a short chance to talk about that i was pretty excited about the different opinions you might have there Mm -hmm. but you know can you just tell people what your childhood was like and where it all started you know yeah we see where you are now but Far cry from from where it all began. Yeah, so I um, was born in Englewood Hospital. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but I was raised in Muncie, New York, um, and I was raised yeah like ultra orthodox. I'm one of eight children, four boys, four girls. So I grew up very re- eight kids. Yeah, it's a lot. It is a lot. It's, wow. Yeah. Yeah, they were just popping them out, you know. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I am the youngest, uh, four boys, four girls. And yeah, that was basically like the first part of my life was just all 
being religious and and just like Judaism, um, which I love being Jewish. I'm very proud of it. And then as I, you know, my parents got divorced and certain things happened that kind of just life happens and things change. And my brother started leaving the religion. My sisters got more religious. And then I was kind of like following in the footsteps of I don't know who, but I was like, I saw my brother's going to public school and I'm like, I want to do that. I don't really know what I was going to public school. So you guys weren't going to public school before Mm -hmm. that? No, we were in like in private school. For like specifically for like Orthodox just, Jewish yeah, community? Yeah, just for like Jewish people. Wow. And this, because <laughs> this, this was up, you said it was in what? Muncie, New York? Muncie, New York. Where is that? So Muncie, New York is in Rockland County. And that's near like um, Nanuet, Palisades Mall, Pomona. Okay. So that's up there a little bit. Um, Up there to the west? Right? Yeah, like... I don't know what the... I'm so bad with the <laughs> Northwest, so I'm sorry. But if you were in, like, New York City, it'd be, like, 30 minutes from the city. So it's not, like, upstate New York. It's kind of... That's closer than I thought. Okay. Yeah. From here, it's probably, like, two and a half hours or something. Yeah, if I like, had to guess. You go straight up the state. Right yeah, but it's it. a very, like, uh, Jewish community, for sure. So... Is that... You're talking specifically Orthodox Jewish community, though? Or I mean, there's... In general? There's like levels to it, so you know you have like people who are Hasidish or who are like more conservative. But there's just a lot of Jews there. But for the most part, they're all pretty religious, I think, in my experience. For people out there who aren't totally familiar, you mm-hmm. know, how would you? Just to be clear, what would you say the difference is between? An Orthodox Jew versus somebody who is a modern, I guess they call it like Reform Jewish or mm. whatever, like traditional Jewish, I guess at this point. Yeah. Well, I hope I answered this right. I'm, I I don't know. I, it's been a long time since I've been re- like religious <laughs> and everything. So you're probably better be better easy. than all of us. Go easy it, on so. me, as Adele would say. But um, <laughs> I w- I feel like the difference is that there are a lot of rules to Judaism, like whether it's Shabbos, which is um, Friday night to Saturday night, it's like you don't use any electricity. You you go to shul, you pray, you don't drive. Like there are so many things that are off limits. You basically are just supposed to like relax and like it's like your day, like your day of rest. Mm. So I feel like in a way, <clears throat> some people who are more like traditional might just like celebrate the holidays and might um, incorporate certain traditions but they might not go as far to like completely do shabbos the right way or dress the way that like a very orthodox person would dress and that's like you're supposed to cover like your elbows cover your knees and cover you know collarbone and all of that so there's definitely like um they call it like being sneeze so there's a way to like dress, there's a way to like interact with the world, you know, like a lot of um, religious people wouldn't, um, like females and males wouldn't be interacting with each other like normally, like how we would, you know, it's like men and women are not, are not supposed to touch. At all, like at any age. Um, I mean, I think when you're like really little, it might, I don't know. It really sometimes it depends on like the family and like how each person prefers to raise their children. So I don't really think there's like one specific way, but there are like a lot of rules to it that 
generally you follow. So it's called being shomer, which is something where like you don't you don't touch and, and mm. unless you're like married to that person. So I think that's kind of like a big difference is just how um, detailed the rules get, maybe, you know, because when you're like religious, you're incorporating a lot, even like eating kosher, you know what I mean? Right. Being really strict on like the type of food you eat and where you eat and how you eat it, having like different, some people have like different sinks for dairy and meat or, you know, and like stuff like that. And then I feel like if you're more traditional, like maybe you just incorporate holidays and, you know, that's fine. I respect that. We, yeah, should, all, an, we should all respect that. It's a different world. However you want to do yeah. it and how you want to celebrate it, that's fine. But I think that would be the difference is like when you're, depending what level you take it to, it's like, like for me, the way I think of it is I felt like I was raised in a bubble, you mm. know, like all I knew was like Jew. <laughs> Juno. <you know? laughs> but, you know, some other, in other situations, the the kids might still go to like public school, but then like incorporate Jewish traditions like in the home, but then they're still like out in the world with other people. But for me, it was like you go to, I went to private school and it was like, you're Jewish and you're with Jews. And everyone else seems like, Foreign. Foreign, yeah. yeah. But you're saying that some in the Orthodox Jewish community as well would go to public schools and things like that and still be a part of the community. It happens sometimes. Mm. It could, but it, I feel like that's pretty rare. I feel like when you're um, more religious, you you stick to, like, private school. Right. Because they, ha they have, like, the Jewish communities have, like, their own places, you know, like their own schools. And even where I'm from, like, in Muncie, it's like... They have their own schools, they have their own, like, you know, grocery stores and their own restaurants and, like, every, like, their own salons and everything in there so that technically you don't have to, like, go too far. Right. And, and I think there's, there's a really important distinction to make here because I'm always thinking about the future world and all the little things that people are going to do, like, with their finger when they wake up and not touch anything, but then, like, you know, everything's optimized you know, like if you ever saw Jimmy Neutron back in the day, that's a real throwback from when I was growing up, the cartoon, he would like have his teeth brushed by like a laser, like shit like that. I always think about that stuff. And when it comes to sleep, the bootloader to that, the thing that's going to be building that type of space where like your sleep is this whole magical technological thing is eight sleep. The 8 Sleep Pod Pro cover goes right on top of your current mattress in queen or king size, depending on what your mattress size is. And it ties directly into 8 Sleep's proprietary app and measures everything around your sleep stages throughout the night so that your sleep is optimized for you. As I like to put it, you'll sleep six hours and feel like you slept eight. So if you use the link in my description, along with the code TRENDIFIER at checkout, that's T-R-E-N-D, I-F-I-E-R. You will get $100 off your 8 Sleep Pod Pro cover today. Or you can get a full-blown 8 Sleep Pod Pro mattress, which is the same thing, but it, it has an actual mattress with it. So if you want to get a full new mattress, you can get that. And you'll get $100 off that as well. So once again, that is Trendifier at checkout. T-R-E-N-D-I-F-I-E-R. $100 off to the best sleep of your life. We're going to talk about the topic of like organized religions and communities with that. Mm -hmm. I'm so fascinated by it, and I think yeah. that there's good and bad. Mm -hmm. On my <laughs> end, the way I look at things is 
how do you have a balance mm. with with the world? So, for instance, there's a huge difference between someone who's a very practicing Protestant or something like that mm-hmm. versus someone who's like crazy evangelical, you mm. know, and that's their entire community. Everyone they spend every second mm-hmm. around. Same thing in like the Jewish in in the Jewish yeah. religion. You have the traditional Judaism now, where it's like people are integrated they live in Mm -hmm. society with everyone else and they have their culture and they have their religion Mm -hmm. and then in the orthodox jewish side it takes it all the way and it's and it's for the most part and it says no we do everything all together you Mm. know so there's no there's no like assimilation as well it's Mm -hmm. a culture so on the one hand if we're talking if we're talking about like judaism I have an unbelievable respect for two groups in particular that I'm at least very familiar with in this country, and that is Jewish people and Greek people, Mm. because in my opinion, they do among the best job of, you know, from like the perspective of the country of origin slash religion of integrating themselves together at all times and Mm. and never losing that bond of that Mm. community and having that culture and also then sharing that culture with everyone else through Mm -hmm. different things but also they are they're very ingrained in society as well Mm -hmm. so like i look at them as an example and i mean let's be honest especially with the jewish people it's like you know, the Holocaust was it's crazy to think about. It wasn't even 80 years ago. No, I know. It's it literally, crazy. like, there are people alive from this thing. Yeah, who were, 100%. Who were, like, 15, 20 years mm-hmm. old in one of those camps. Yeah, you I know, had family in the Holocaust. You well. did? Yeah. You did? Okay. My grandfather and his father and his sister and his mother and his sister's fiance. yeah. Did any of them make it? My grandfather did and his... Um, and his sister and mother, but my, but he passed before I was born, but he did survive. Yeah. But he was in it for like three years or so, but he was only like, he was like 15 or something when he went in. So it's it's very crazy. Do you know where he was? Which one? I can't remember off the top of my head, but I do have like the information somewhere. That's so wild to me. It is very wild. It's one of those things where it's. Yeah, I mean it's 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 interesting for me because it's definitely like like I come from a survivor, you know? Yes. So, and it's like you said it didn't even happen that long ago and it's such a serious thing that it blows my mind that people could almost like think it wasn't real or think that like or even like kind of like forget that it was as important as it is. I feel like it's not really even spoken about that much, but um Unless, I don't know, but yeah. It's not, in my opinion, it's not. I don't think so. But yeah, so that's pretty, um, but I mean, like, of course, I I do not like that he had to go through that. But at the same time, I wouldn't be here. Do you know what I mean? Because everything has a domino effect. But I'm very proud to be his granddaughter to say, like, that my family came from that. As sad as it is, but it's also like, and I also had family die in it because clearly they didn't all make it, but it's, it's crazy to like, think about that. And and yeah, it's pretty sick, but little sidebar on that real quick, just Mm -hmm. because you brought it up. It is a little, not a little, it's, it's a lot alarming to me that knowing that that wasn't that long ago, Mm -hmm. knowing that we have 
videotapes of the whole thing. We had multiple countries find these camps where yeah. people were. All all this shit happened. Mm-hmm. Given all of that, it's very scary to me that there are people who quite literally don't think it happened. It blows my mind. I don't even know how that could be a thing. How, how do you how how can you like say that didn't happen? I I don't know. The internet's a weird place. It really is, I, especially like people have legitimate stories and and like how do you? I don't know what I the psychology know. is. I I don't. But you know, I've posted a couple videos where we talked about like the Holocaust in mm-hmm. here, and. You know, I wasn't born yesterday. I know that there's like some foreign country bots coming in there and making comments, no doubt. Just trying yeah. to like sow discord. I know that. But it's not all of them. Mm. It's not all. I'll post a video that has a thousand comments on it saying like that didn't happen. And I'm just like, you know. Like who's who's raising you? I don't or know. Or who raised you? Like what are you talking about? I think it's so crazy to just be so blind to shit that goes on. Or that has gone on. It's like, no, this is what happened. Or this is what's happening. Don't be ignorant. And just, like, understand what's actually factual and what's not. Like, that's a fact. There's no way to, like, deny that it happened. That that would be... That would make too much sense, though. <laughs> in, our, in our society, there's gonna be some people Always. who... And the, the saddest part is not all of them are even, like, intellectually dumb people either. That's the worst part. It's yeah. not just, like, the absolute morons. It's people who legitimately say something to themselves or see something that they want to believe, mm-hmm. repeat it enough and enough. And, like, convince and themselves. Yeah. They believe it. That's it's, true. That's what it is. That is definitely true. But it's such a, it's such a sad, like, I don't know. It's so sad when people, like, try to say that something didn't happen whether it's about that or something else like to devalue like something that's so important it's like what are you talking about yeah people say planes didn't go into the world trade center i mean they'll say that and there's i don't know six thousand six million fucking angles you can see a plane going into the building any way you want but that's what people do and so i'm like it blows my mind to even think like of someone um creating that sentence and saying it out loud Oh, well, they do. Or saying it on a computer. I'll show, or... I'll show you some comments after. You, you'll yeah, be, you'll I would love shy. to see. You're like, what the fuck? Exactly. That's, that's literally all I can do. I'm just like, like these people are not safe. Did you go to, like, I don't know. <laughs> 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 like, what books have you been? It's, or no, you're not reading. But like, what are, like. They're reading something. Yeah, but, it's not but like, good. what are you, what, like, who are you looking up to? Or who are you getting your information from? It's just like. Well, that's a problem across the board, no matter what. I mean, we can talk yeah. about that all day. But, you know, specifically, though, on thinking about the Holocaust being 75 years ago, call it something like that. Mm-hmm. It's like when I was bringing up the, the Greeks and the Jewish community staying together so well to focus on the Jewish community, like you guys were almost exterminated mm-hmm. not that long ago. Yeah. So this is like thousands of years and things like that. There's already this whole like tradition, different mm-hmm. battles that have happened over religion and thought and ideology for sure. But this was – you talk about the need to stick together to mm-hmm. also hold that bond. I have so much respect for that because it is it is also literally born out of like an inherent mm-hmm. genetic necessity. You know, yeah. you pass that shit down. A hundred percent. I agree. Like what I was saying before, I'm like, yeah, I come from a survivor. Like, I feel that for sure. You can't deny it. It's just in you. 
because you have to be honest with who you are and like where you come from. And for me, I'm very proud to be Jewish. I love being Jewish. I'm not religious anymore, but I don't care. I love being Jewish and I have no, no problem with that. And I'm very proud to say like I come from survivors and like that's just the truth. Do you think of it as, because like you say, I love being Jewish. I'm not mm-hmm. religious anymore. And I want to come back to obviously your childhood mm-hmm. and all that. But do you think of it as identifying as an ethnicity or like the religion itself? I'm always curious it's how people go about this. such an interesting question because I feel like I've somewhat struggled with this forever. Because when I, when I left like private school and started going to public school, people would ask me like, what are you? I'm like, I'm Jewish. They're like, no, what are you? I'm Jewish. Yeah. They're like, no, that's a religion. What are you? And I'm like, uh, I'm like, well, okay, my grandfather's from Turkey. And, <laughs> and then, so I'm like Turkish, Hungarian. So I've, I've had that conversation so many times. But to me, I know there's so many different views on that and everyone has their opinion and that's fine. And someone could say, oh, no, this is a fact. That's a fact. But I don't know. I... I consider myself Jewish. Like, I feel like being Jewish, I'm part of something. You know, like, the Jews weren't almost exterminated because they were white or because they were, Mm. it's because they were Jewish. So there was something that specifically set them apart from other people. So me being Jewish, I'm like, I'm Jewish. Right. Like I I wear that proudly. So I feel like everyone has a different uh, opinion on that, but I don't really care. I'll be like, I'm Jewish. Right. Yeah. Like you're not going to tell me that. Oh, well, that's just a religion. OK, yeah, it's a religion. But like I also was raised in that religion and I was raised Jewish. So like, See, that's, that's it's what like, I... how are you going to tell me that? Like my most of my, you know, I mean, until I stopped being religious, it was like, it was all about being Jewish. Yeah. I'm Jewish. Like, that was what I knew. So, I'm Jewish. It's a culture on top of it. Exa- Thank you. That's the, that's kind of the word I was looking for. Like, it's culture. It's a fucking culture. Like, you're raised with, like, with something. It's not just like, Judaism is like a whole thing. There's a lot to it. So, it's not very simple. I feel like there's a lot that goes into it. And I think it just... Again, you know, the Holocaust didn't happen because we were just like people. It happened because we were Jewish. Yeah. Like that was why Jews were taken is because they were Jewish. So if like, you know. See, from the outside, that's how I think of it, you know, and I'm not, I'm not Jewish. So I I, I always ask it, but I felt like I I had a feeling you were going to give that answer, but I felt like society... I feel like society has had like kind of that ignorance of no, just oh, religion. They try to take it away and yeah. say no, it's not that. It's just a religion, and you're like, mm, no. It's more. It's yeah. more than that. Like it's a lifestyle, and it's like a culture. I mean, know? when when people are putting in, when people put out tweets describing people mm-hmm. based on identity and stuff like that, you know, fighting over politics. I see more and more now, you know, they'll refer to someone who's very Jewish as like, 
oh that's like a cisgender white male or like oh mm. that's that's a that's a heterosexual female or what you know when they're like trying to shut people down and i'm like yeah well, wait when did this see i feel like that's not what it is i feel like there wouldn't have been if this was just about religion mm-hmm. that wouldn't have been like the thing and the reason that there was all this propaganda created where someone was able to make up the people that look different than you yeah are different and therefore shouldn't be here because mm. to me like it's fairly black and white in that way. But I have heard people before kind of be like, well, it is – I, I look at it as more of a religion, but it is – they are my people. They'll say stuff like that. So mm. it's like that's kind of doublespeak to me. Like mm. they like they do agree with what you're saying yeah. from that perspective, but they won't go all the way there. You know what I mean? Sometimes I guess maybe it's like where you come from or like how connected to it you are in a way. I don't know. I mean, I'm never going to, like, say, oh, you're wrong for saying that because I don't know. They could say I'm wrong. But from how I connect to it and from where I come from, to me, I'm like, you're not going to tell me otherwise. Like, I'm Jewish, you Mm. know? And I'll be like, oh, yeah, my grandfather came from here, so I have this and this in my blood. But, like, you know, if you do, like, a, a DNA test or whatever... There's a way to be told that you're Jewish, like you're Ashkenazi or you're Sephardic or whatnot. So it's like, if I can be told that by looking at my blood, then like, how there are you going to tell me I'm not Jewish? Exactly. So I'm like, mm, I'm Jewish. <laughs> yeah. And like, I consider it, you know, yeah, not just a religion, but like a identity almost. Yeah, exactly. You know, like I don't, just say like oh i'm jewish and that's it but like that's a big part of who i am for sure so yeah so you have this bond with it but you quote unquote left at least like the the sect s-e-c-t of of jewishness that you grew up in so when like as a kid when you're little you Mm -hmm. don't know what the hell's going on you only know what's around you so when did you get old enough where you started to question Mm -hmm. some stuff and what made you question Hmm. I think so when I the first time I went to public school, I think I was in like fifth grade. Was that you asking to go to public school? Or did I you begged. Just... Yeah. Mm. But that was because like at that time I was still in private school. But, you know, my parents got a divorce and things were kind of just like all over the place. And everyone was just kind of trying to figure it out, I guess. So like. Like I was saying before, my sisters, I feel like they got like more religious and they stayed where they were. And like some of my siblings are older than me. So some were like off in Israel or, you know, about to get married. Oh, they went to Israel. Some of them went to Israel. Yeah, all of them did because it's it's a thing. Like after high school, you go to Israel for a year. It's called like seminary. And then and then after usually like you either come back or you stay there or you get married and whatnot. But everyone was kind of, yeah, just trying to figure it out. And my brothers were like, Mm-mm. like leaving the religion and very like, uh, you know, just turned off by it. And How much older were they than you? Well, so my, oh, I'm so bad. I literally have like an app on my phone for the ages <laughs> of my siblings. I'm not kidding because my brother created it because nobody can remember anything. There's too many. Um, but like my oldest brother is 30... Seven or thirty-eight. So we're all not. 
How old are you? And I'm 27. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Ten, like eight of us all in the span of like 10. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I don't know. My mom's like a. Mom's a trooper, man. She is a trooper wow. for sure. You would never know. You'd look at her, you'd be like, yeah, he had eight kids. And you're like, what the? Damn. Yeah, I know. But. So they were a little. The older brothers were at least. They were at least a little older. They were older, but. So I have four brothers and then three sisters. So two of my brothers are like right above me. So my brother David is like 20, 29. And then my brother Isaac is like 30. And then the ladder kind of keeps climbing. But they were clearly more around me because they were closer to my age. So they started going to uh, public school and kind of like leaving all of that. And then I wanted to do it too. But to be honest, I had no idea what I wanted. I didn't understand the difference. To me, it just seemed like I want to do that. I never get to do that. Or like, it was like a, I was seeing like a glimpse of a world that I've never really seen before. Like seeing them do things that I never got to do. And I I remember like begging my mom, like, I want to go to public school. Like one of the last uh, private schools I was in, I like fought her every day. I was hardly there for that long. Cause how many kids are in a school like that? Like in your class? Uh, not that many. I don't, I can't say like how many for sure but mm, maybe like i don't know but not not like hundreds mm. definitely not it's it's much smaller and yeah but i was coming up with like everything that i could to be like i don't like it there i don't like this i don't like that because i just wanted to kind of like do what my brothers were doing or now, I wanted did, to go to public school, too. <laughs> there's a question, though. Like, how did they... It sounds like, mm-hmm. if I'm hearing this correctly, they at least were able to tell you what's going on in some ways because they got to go outside and they got to go to public school. But, like, how did they figure mm. out that there was another world out there, too? That's a good question. I feel like I've never even asked them that. I think it was all, like, a process for everyone. I think that... I think... Well, my oldest brother, like our eldest brother, he left when he was like around 18 or so and he stopped being religious. So I think maybe it kind of like trickled down like, and then I I don't know. I I think it's one of those that it's very easy to get distracted in religion if, if it's not done properly, I feel like. Like I feel, I don't know if that makes sense, but I feel like if it's a healthy experience maybe you're more comfortable with it but if if things are like kind of all over the place and it gets a little more confusing I think you start looking elsewhere or you start seeing other things and I'm not exactly sure what my brothers did but I think they were probably influenced by the older brothers too Mm. you know your parents got divorced though too Mm-hmm. And when was that? How old were you? I think I was like eight. See, I'm and I'm so. a little naive to this for sure, mm-hmm. but I'm almost surprised to hear that because at least like rule of thumb, when you look mm-hmm. at a lot of very deeply religious communities, regardless of what the religion is, there's yeah. not a lot of that. You don't hear about like a ton of divorces or something. So was that not normal? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely like it's not very common. I don't think, but 
it happens. I mean, I think, you know, unfortunately, maybe people stay in things longer than they should, or maybe they stay because they don't think that they can do it. But yeah, I don't, there's definitely like a lot of rules to that too, I think. But in, in this case, I would say it was, I feel like a somewhat of a messy divorce anyway. So I think, you know, the, I don't know. I don't want to make it sound like bad because I feel like everyone's different, but I feel like the community I came from was just, <clears throat> I feel like everyone like knew everything and they were in everyone's like business. So it was kind of like, oh. kind of like that, you know, like those things happen and then everyone knows and it's like, everyone tries to like, Oh no. And there's like pressure with it. It's like you're too. going through it, but you're not going through it alone. You're going through it with like the whole community because like everyone like kind of knows what's happening, I feel like. It's in a weird way in the modern world. It's like old school <clears throat> tribes just because you're yeah. so focused on you literally all live mm -hmm. in the same community in the same place. You do everything together. You go to the same places. Your kids yeah. all go to the same schools. It's it's a real big throwback, yeah, which my, is why it's so crazy for me to mm -hmm. concept because I don't I don't know anything like that. I remember my like when I was like I want to go to public school. Like I remember my mom like kind of fighting me on it at first because she was hesitant to do that because she knew that it would create like questioning or mm. or like oh why'd you do that you know. And some of my brothers are already going to public school, and so you know when you and then like people just like look at you differently. Not everyone, but some people. That's why I always say it's very, like, um, it just really depends who you are as a person and who, like, what your values are and, like, how you feel. Some families will literally, like, pretend you don't exist anymore if you leave the religion and they stay in it, you know? Well, what's your relationship with your family like? Um... I think we're all very um, understanding of each other. And I think we all are respectful of the path or the paths that like we've chosen. Because how many of you, of your siblings and you left? Um, mm, I have my three sisters who are still religious and I have 12 nieces and nephews between the three of them. So like one's married and in south africa one's married and in uh texas not and the nieces and nephews no no no, no my sisters <laughs> it's like damn um and then my brothers are not religious and one of my brothers is married but like you know we're all like very distant in a way not only by like uh my like how many geography. miles yeah, yeah by geography but also like yeah we're just like very different we're living very different lives but I definitely, I've never been like, I feel, I just feel like we're all pretty accepting of where everyone is because we just, even if maybe they think something deep down, I don't know, but they don't really say it. And I don't, I just, I respect how they choose to live. And I just always hope they respect how I choose to live. And for the most part, I think they do. So I think everyone's pretty good about it, like just allowing each other to just do what they need to do. I'm sure they don't agree with everything. You know, I have tattoos. I'm not supposed to have tattoos, so, but whatever. You went your own path, too. I mean, you went outside of, yeah. of the, we I all guess, go the quote-unquote strict you know? rules. Yeah. So it's like, 
I went through what I went through and I'm going to do what I want to do. And as like, to me, it's like, as long as I'm a good person and I'm not like, you know, a burden to society, then I would be like, okay, I'm fine. Don't worry about me. When did you know you officially like wanted to leave and go outside? I think, oh, well, that's kind of what I was saying is like, I didn't really know what I wanted or what I was doing. I just like, I was just intrigued, you know, like I saw like my brother's going to public school or like I saw them doing something different and like, I'm like, I want to do it too. So I think it was just like, and then once I did go to public school, that was really hard also because that was like a huge culture shock. So that took a lot of like getting used to. So Were I you think, still wearing like traditional no, clothing no. or you when I went, like they do? When I went to public school, I was, I guess, dressing more like. Not, I'm not gonna say normal, but right. <laughs> I don't I know what you mean. like not not in the usual like skirt and all of that. But yeah, the school I was in before it was private, and I'm like in a uniform and whatever. And I think that school is when I really knew I wanted to to leave because that was just like everything was just you know the divorce and whatnot, and everything was changing. And I wanted, I felt like, well, why am I gonna stay here if everyone's leaving or doing these things like i want to do it too and like like what is out there and i was also young so right it's like a weird i don't again i don't know what i want sometimes i look back on it and i'm i am happy with how it all went in a sense i'm not gonna take it back but there are some things i wish i i would have kept like i used to know how to like read in hebrew more and like all of that so i wish i could still do that oh you lost that yeah because you never for sure you never read it i mean i definitely like i don't know i could like read a bit you know i was in school like with my little my little book like praying and stuff so (laughs) but now it's like i can if i see like english hebrew i know i understand like how it should sound but you know things like that i've definitely like lost some of that and then like even some details of like you know, people ask me questions and I'm like, uh, let me double check that. It's like, I know, but I, I'm like, that's why I was like, go easy on me before. Cause I know things, but I also, it's been so long that I've like been in it that I don't, I don't want to like say the wrong thing, but I just speak from my personal experience. Yeah. I understand what you're saying about yeah. not really knowing and you just kind of, you want to go to public school. So you jumped in. Yeah. But like once you go there to me, when I look at things like this, there's all different stories for people mm-hmm. who leave some sort of organized religion or organized like close knit community. But one thing they all have in common or most of them have in common is that once the step happens where you just say, Oh, let me, let me see what the grass is like over there mm-hmm. real quick. Just, just to see what it looks like. It's done. Yeah. Once you go there and you're like, well, wait a second. There's, there's more freedom here is that's mm. just, that's the nature of it. Whenever you're in some sort of like strict community or strict religion, yeah. there's rules as you've explained already in detail. There's, yeah. there's different cultural norms that you have to adhere to. There's things mm. that you have to do that everyone else in this society that's under in the same borders and everything does not. So once yeah. you then go out and you're like, well, wait a second, these people live right down the street from me and they don't mm-hmm. have to do this shit. Yeah. You know, it it doesn't matter how different they look than you or how the same they looked from you. They live in the same place. Exactly. So you got to be like, 
I think I want to do that again too. Mm-hmm. I think I want to go. I think I want to stay out here. You know, I don't hear a lot of people who, and I'm sure there are, but you don't hear of a lot of people who go out and then like, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come yeah. back for good. You know? Yeah. And to be honest, that was a challenge within itself was to go out of it and then find like comfort in the outside world mm. because trust me, I had a lot of moments people be like why are you staring at me you're rude (laughs) you know like (laughs) because i'm i wasn't used to like socializing Mm. with people like that and i wasn't used to being like in school with i mean i had gone to private schools that did have like boys in it as well but like not in the way that like when you go to public school like i remember going to public school and like like a kid, like like a boy, like asked me out, and I was like, "What the fuck? I don't know what to do." You know what I mean? And like, or like they like touched my ponytail or something, and I'm like, "Don't touch me." You know what I mean? And you're like, right. and then it's just, it's weird because I think I'm just like chilling, but then someone will be like, "Why? You have an attitude," and I'm like, "I do. I have an attitude." Because <laughs> you're not there's all these little teeny things Mm -hmm. like just behavioral just like social things that you're not really accustomed to and i'm also going to school now with like literally like every ethnicity you know what i mean yes and i'm like and and i'm very grateful for that because i feel like i feel like i've always been more of like an old soul and open-minded but i feel like that's what's made me so open-minded is like being in all these different situations and like going from religion and private school it's like a different life and then going to public school and being um exposed to like all these new cultures and languages and you're like oh whoa there's other people like me but in different ways and then now you're like okay so how do i fit in but i feel like it it was just a very interesting experience. And I still to this day, sometimes I'm like, I'm like an awkward person. I could be very awkward. And I feel like <laughs> I always blame it on that. <laughs> I'm like, it's just, it's a, it's weird when you're raised one way and in, in like this religion and you're, you're very like bubbled in. And then you're like, now you're in the school, you're in public school and you're with like all these different people. And like, they're all so different and, and they, they're not afraid to say things. Like, why are you looking at me? And you're like, uh, I'm my bad. <laughs> yeah, you, you were taught that socially not that's not a thing. There's no, no there, like there's no back and forth like that at all. No. No. I feel like honestly, I feel like it's very common to go to where I'm from and someone stares at you. Like, I'm I trust me, it would happen. And anyone could be like, Oh no, no, it's gonna happen. If you walk especially even me, if I walked into Muncie, like I just know someone's gonna stare at me like who are you why are you here and 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 by the way to be fair it also like works both ways when people drive through like an orthodox jewish community it'll be like oh this is different yeah exactly you're like it's a human thing hmm. you when you see something that is not your normal surrounding Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't mean anything by it some people are just obnoxious Mm -hmm. but like a lot of people are just like huh you know you want to take that in yeah I'm, i'm sure i do it too like when i go through lakewood or something like that i'm like oh yeah we must be in lakewood right now What's yeah, different? the interactions not, are so different. Yeah, it, and you're it, like, whoa! It doesn't have to be 
and and again, it is sometimes, but it doesn't have to be a negative thing. It's mm-hmm. just as a human being, you're a lot of people are pretty curious. So yeah. Like, okay. It's it's like the it's like that innate genetic thing in us where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, my surroundings are different. Let's let's take this all in. That's yeah. that's all it is. But I'm just trying to think, like from a behavioral standpoint, you know, you still grow up in a home with parents and siblings, so you have mm-hmm. all the normal. It's it's all normal human being shit. That's not mm-hmm. the issue. It's just when you get used to the types of people around because they're all exactly like you mm, then suddenly exactly. all the little things you take for granted like facial cues even or mm-hmm. the way obviously the way people talk and languages they use duh but mm-hmm. you know the way that eye contact stuff like that there oh, can be different feels I, of it i have the worst i'm get. i've gotten better but i had the worst eye contact my whole life everyone's like why are you looking at my hair <laughs> And I'll be like, I'm not. Because <laughs> I like couldn't look people in the eye and I was just like so like. Why do you think that was? I don't know. I just was never taught to like look people in the eye, I feel like. Or it was just uncomfortable for me to like, you know, like now I'm better. I'm like, I'm looking at you yeah. in the eye. But like for the longest time, I would everyone would be like, why are you looking at my hair? Or I would just be like, if teachers would talk to me, like I wouldn't look at them. Really, I would just be like, is some of that, I mean, what's the, here's something I really don't know a lot about. Like, what's the, what's it called? Oh my God. I almost forgot the word. What's like the gender structure Mm. in Orthodox Jewish communities? Like, is it, is it very male dominant or, you know, is Mm. there like a clear males are the alpha here? Females, you can only do this, this, and this. I feel like there's a little bit of that for sure. I think, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the men are like, you know, they're supposed to like go learn and be the man of the house and the women are like, I mean, but it's, again, I feel like it's so, it really depends on the situation because not every religious household is going to be like a stay at home mom. Like there are a lot of parents who like both work and do things. So it's really like, and I feel like, especially as the world turned and the years go by it's like things get more you know equal ish kind of not always but but again it's like i feel like i can't have a completely fair um response to that because i just think everyone's so different that i don't want to like put anyone in a box and say like oh Mm. this is how they are but i do feel like for the most part you know in like I guess really religious situations, I feel like yeah, men are kind of like like the men of the house. They go, they do the learning, and like yeah, I don't know. And as a kid, did you like did you watch TV? Did you have any access to that kind of stuff? Or no, not re- no. Yeah, no. It was very like there are a lot of times like people be like, oh, you ever watch that? I'm like, no. They're like, what? I'm like, I didn't really watch like. A You're lot talking about in public school now? Like no, people, this when is people like, would ask you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I do remember, like, playing, like, Nintendo 64. So it's like, we didn't have a lot of things, but it wasn't, like... There are some, like, households who have literally none of it. Mm. And it was... I feel like it was kind of, like, on and off. Like, I feel like there were times when there wasn't, like, a TV. And then I do remember, like, watching some things. Like, I remember watching Friends one time the tv show friends yeah i think my sister was watching it or something 
And um, so there definitely was a TV at one point, but it wasn't like something that was very um, important or something, I feel like. You know, but we did have like a computer, like there was something around, but it wasn't, it wasn't like access at least. Yeah, but I I wasn't like on it all the time or something. I was young and like, what am I going to do on the computer? Maybe I played like Dexter's Labyrinth or something. I remember doing that one. <laughs> and like Nintendo 64 and like that's it. See, like you even look at like the the extreme with electricity or stuff like that. You look at like the Amish. They, you know, mm-hmm. they don't have any of that. But then yeah. what do a lot of them do? They go and they work. They're like brilliant at like different trades, like carpentry and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Or like they run delis and, and things like that. And they go work in the real world. So their kids, once they start taking them to work or like just dragging them along with them, they yeah. see that. Mm. You know, so it's just I have to ask that question because I'm like, well, we're we're young enough that we grew up in a world where there was the mass yeah. access to media, like even in the earlier days of the Internet in the early 2000s and mm. mid 2000s, there's still a lot of information. Obviously, TVs are everywhere. Yeah. So it's like, you know, there's other stuff out there without going to public school. Yeah. But it's kind of different when and I don't know because I, I didn't do it, but it's got to be different, I should say. When you're just looking at it like on a screen mm-hmm. versus when you're actually you're there, you know? Yeah. And I feel like there just wasn't like a big emphasis on technology, I guess. So like there was a TV around, but, you know, I didn't like grow up like with my mom handing me a like if I like to keep me busy handing me like a a I like a, a pad or like an iPad or like right. or like, oh, right. just watch this cartoon like. That definitely, I don't have a recollection of that. Which actually isn't a bad thing, by the way. Yeah, I think exactly. That's I think there's like a balance to it. But, you know, so there was like, I, I'm not going to say, oh, I never watched TV. or whatever. So I did, but I just didn't see, I definitely didn't see a lot of the things that other people grew up on. Like, I, I have this conversation a lot sometimes with people. They're like, oh my God, but you've seen this movie. And I'm like, mm-mm. <laughs> like, you've never seen that? I'm like, no. I'm like, oh. They're like, what? But every kid watches that. And I'm like. I don't know. I wasn't doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, I didn't see it. Because it also sometimes depends, like, what would be, like, appropriate, you know, for that. Um, like, even the fact that I saw Friends, like, that must, that probably was more towards the time where things were getting, like, you know, were changing a little right. bit. But it would have to, like, yeah, be, like, appropriate for, I guess. Now, I had been I had been asking something maybe like 20 minutes ago, and mm-hmm. I didn't ask it clear enough because then you started explaining something I got a little more curious about, but I want to go back to it. Because when I was saying, when did you know you wanted to leave or whatever, and you were mm. going, well, I didn't. I just kind of fell into public school. I wanted to go there, and then yeah, whatever. What I should have asked was, once that happened, and you oh. were already there, like, was there a time you're, I don't know, three mm. years in, you're 15, and you're like, you know... I definitely want to go do this whole college thing. I, I want to maybe live mm. in New York City or whatever. You know, I want to be outside of this. What, did yeah. you, do you remember a moment where that was like, boom, lightning bulb, let's, or light bulb, let's do it? Mm. Not, I don't know. Not really. I feel like I just kept going with the flow. Like, I feel like once I just went to public school, I just didn't look back. It was kind of one of those. I was like, if I do this, that's it. You blend it into it. Because much. it's one of those, like, I've been asked before, I think, like, oh, would you ever be religious again and stuff? And I'm like, mm-hmm. 
What is reli- that's the thing though. What is religious? Just religious, like following all the but yeah, and all of the orthodox things you're saying in Yeah, that like context. all the different like oh like just being kosher and like right. follow I mean <clears throat> it's hard to really put it into one thing cuz there's a lot like what is re- what is being religious? There's so many different things that 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 entails, but like for me I would always say like well, I I just want to do things on like my own term, on my own terms and like in my own way be more spiritual and like I would love to add things into my life but I wouldn't necessarily like go backwards and like go full blown like this just wouldn't work for me like I'm you know once I so I feel like to answer your question it was kind of like it just happened naturally like it just was like pretty like quick I just like adapted or started to adapt and then once I was just in these schools and making friends or getting used to it and how hard was that at first like making new friends um i feel like it was pretty it it was weird yeah it was definitely weird but i think the one thing that really helped me was that the schools or the school i was in because i did change schools a lot i moved around quite a bit but especially where I started off, like in public school, I feel like I felt pretty weird. Like I felt like I was so different. Yeah. But then a lot of people I went to school with felt like they were really different. Because like mm. there were a lot of kids who were like in ESL or or people who were, you know. ESL? Um, English, second language. Yeah. Oh, God. It's it. like when you can't yeah. really, or when you're, it's not your first language and. So I feel like a lot of people felt out of place, not just me. So I feel like that helped me gain, like, friends. Yeah, better other people because, understood you. Yeah, yeah, because there was just so much culture flowing throughout the school that it was like, I feel like I was, I feel like I was always like one of like two Jews or one of three Jews or something. But I think for other people, it was almost like, oh, cool, you're Jewish or like. It was just like I felt like accepted because they everyone else was so different in their own way, especially to me. I was like, oh, now I have a good friend and she's Indian. And now like my best friends are Filipino. And now my other friend is is Haitian and she's speaking Mm -hmm. Creole. And like there's just like so much going on that I feel like it ended up being more comforting. It was weird, but it like worked out. Did you have any friends like from your Orthodox community who ended up being able to go to public school as well? Yes. And did some I did. of them so some of them left too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They did. Yeah. Everyone has kind of like I know some people who are like still doing their thing. Some people you know, I have friend friends who are like married now and have like a baby. I have like other friends who are like in Israel and they're getting married, but they're not like religious, but mm. You know, so it's everyone kind of did their own thing, but they also not all of them, but I know some who like went to public school and and did that, too. So I wasn't the only one. And that's also kind of cool, because when you do. You're not like alone in that either. There are other people who it doesn't they don't they don't stick with it either. So it's like we have an understanding with each other in a way like we know where we come from. Yeah, and it's it's a it's a shared experience that also happened on 
I don't want to say on your terms, but it sounds like you had really solid parents who you wanted to go to public school, took a little bit of asking, but then you went. And then you got you got to see you got to see this world, and now you know you have eight siblings, different people made different decisions as far as in or out. Everyone mm-hmm. seems to get along pretty well. I mean, ideally, this is like the exact kind of story you want to hear. Mm-hmm. You hear the other kinds of stories from different religions where it's not like that, and you alluded yeah. to certain people who they'll turn your back on, or they'll turn their back on their kids or something if they mm-hmm. leave. So at least you didn't you didn't deal with any of that. I think that's like a a real positive, just because. You know, again, I don't, I don't think it's good to tell anyone what to do. No, I just think that in the modern world, it's a little. What's what's the word I should use here? Like it kind of goes against the grain for no reason to create a ton of rules on people as individuals to adhere to just so they can stay in the smallest community. Mm-hmm. Like there's a huge difference, in my opinion, of having a strong cultural bond that you do not lose and you Mm -hmm. have traditions and and you follow them versus it consuming your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you are looking to search the web privately and not have all these websites track you when you leave and not lose any speed while you don't have all these websites track you when you leave, check out my friends over at Privato VPN. Privato VPN is without a doubt the most convenient VPN out there because you will not even notice it's on. You can use whatever servers they have. They're all hardware servers located around the world in different countries. So depending on where your location is, you can use the closest one. You will get your privacy and you can use it on up to 10 different devices at a time all while having the same exact internet experience you are used to. So if you use the link in my description for Privato, you will go to my landing page with the site, and you will see a plan there for $4.99. That is the same one I use. It's $4.99 a month, and it is absolutely terrific. Check it out. I always say that religion can be a beautiful thing. I just think it's about balance. Like, And coming from where I come from, I've seen... I've I've seen both sides. Right. I've seen what it's like to be really religious. I still see what it's like to be religious because I it's still a part of me because some of my family still is, and I see what it's like to not be, and I've seen what it can do and how it can like tear people apart and how it can cause friction and like and how it can create distance, you know. So it's and it's can be like pretty sad in that way where you're like it really shouldn't matter Mm. it shouldn't matter and and that is unfortunately something that exists like there are people who will disown like their children or something or their family because they don't live the way that they wanted them to or that they raised them to or some something or there's people is we've seen this movie a million times over history who mm-hmm. fight each other because they believe different things yeah exactly Literally. and that oh my god that shit pisses me off it's just like oh my god can everyone shut up it's you nuts. know what i mean like it's just like when you think about it just be happy you know believe what you believe and move on like why why do i need to believe what you believe if again if i'm not hurting anybody right and i'm not being dishonest and I'm not being a bad person then like why sh- why should it matter you know like if you want to help someone if if you have a problem with someone who's like 
you know, a dangerous person on the loose and killing people. Like, I totally understand that. Different. But like, still then, don't try and convert them. Just like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, figure out how to help them. Like, it's why it's, I don't know. Like, and I've, I've had situations before too, where it's like, even within, within my, within the Jewish community, it's like people can judge one another. Oh, you're not religious enough. Oh, you're less religious than me. Oh, I'm more religious. Like there can be that too. So it's like, it's like confusing to you're like why don't why don't you just accept people for who they are and just like allow people to to live like on their own terms you know and just be happy with it and don't worry like stop worrying about it like it should be for it should be for yourself like whatever you believe or religion or whatever you want to do that should be for you what you're saying makes too much sense that's the problem i know there's too many people who it can't be that simple I've literally had someone try to, I'm not going to like go into too much details because I don't want to like put anyone on blast. (laughs) But if they know who I'm talking about and they ever see this, well, oops. But, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I've literally had a situation where someone like invited me to go get like coffee or something. And I thought they were like my friend. And then they tried to like legit like convert me to like Christianity or something. I was like, what the fuck? I'm you like, sat, yo, I'm... You sat down for coffee and they went, the, the love and power of Jesus To be more Christ specific, it was you. a smoothie. <laughs> it was a smoothie. Yeah, they started, like, explaining, like, you know, or maybe they were Jehovah's Witnesses. Oh, I, no. I don't know. Yeah, no, no, no. something like that. And they <laughs> started, like, explaining all this stuff and, like, telling me, like, you know, I should do this and that. And I'm like, you know I'm Jewish, right? Like, what the fuck? Like, when did I ever give you the the idea that I wanted? Like, I felt like they looked at me and thought, like, oh, she's lost. She needs help. That's the problem. And I was like... That's the problem right there. Did I, I thought yep. we were friends. I was just coming here to get a smoothie. Yep. Like, I don't want to... I'm good. If you were out there and you were, you were wild, you were committing crimes or, like, had chosen some kind of crazy life and someone wanted to use that as part of a conversion mechanism. Okay, I guess I got an argument. Mm-hmm. But like my whole thing is like, all right, great. Like Jehovah's Witness, for example. Glad you believe some of this stuff that's awesome. Good, good for, for you. Good for you, right? It's like, Leave me alone. don't come knock on my door about it. Yeah. Like, get the fuck out of here. I'm sorry. Good for you. Like, who are you trying to... I just, I don't know. It's like, I feel like... Uh, it, I don't know. It's just like all about balance. I just don't think it's... It should just be for yourself. If you're going to do it and you love it and you love living the way you live, then go find the people who live the way you live and just love on each other and be happy. But if you come across someone who's not like you, just appreciate them for who they are, respect it and move on. Like no one needs to not everyone needs to be like you. And I think that's where like a lot of issues stem from is because people have this like strong belief like, no, I need to change them. No, they're living the wrong way. This isn't right. This isn't what God would want. It's like, um, I think, I think, I don't know which God you're talking to, but like the one I would talk to, I feel like if I talk to him, her, whoever, (laughs) I feel like that God would be like, just be happy and do your thing and like be nice to people and accept people for who they are. Because isn't that like the main thing? Like just acceptance, like. Isn't that what we're all supposed striving for? So. Supposed to be. Supposed to be. It should be. It should be. I but feel like that's, that's our biggest problem is that people just don't accept people for who they are. 
and they keep trying to change people and change things and it's like stop trying to change things just accept it the wildest part of it when you're talking about and we can talk about that psychology in a few different lenses unless it really needs to change i just want to make that a fact like if someone's like a criminal like criminal rude ignorant or like agreed racist whatever yeah you should change you should you should not be like that but yeah agreed and also you don't have to do it you don't have to do it behind the guise of like a religion or something no yeah like you look at it this is if we're talking about it under the realm of religion there's what seven and a half billion people in the world something like that there's been over a billion for years and years and years a lot of people there's been a Mm -hmm. lot of people for a long time regardless of what that number is Everyone who's in these different groups fighting over their beliefs has one thing in common. Nobody knows the answer. Yeah. We, are, we are all fighting over something that is strictly this peace within people. This is the positive of how religion is supposed to be used. It's a peace within you to try to explain Mm-hmm. The meaning of life so that it makes sense to you while you're here mm-hmm. on this journey so that there's something that you can hold on to some faith for that afterwards you be a good person. You do your thing. Mm-hmm. Something good's going to happen to you. I don't care if it's what this religion says or that religion says or that religion over there. Frankly, a lot of them probably don't have any proof of it. We don't really know. Like, you know, yeah. this could all be a simulation for all we know. But it's true. At the end of the day, like it should be. That way that you find peace in yourself, mm-hmm. and if you have it, like in in a perfect society, if you have people around you, or there are other people in the world who happen to think along this a similar line in that mm-hmm. search for meaning, then great, form a community around it. Yeah, just don't let that as it gets bigger by size of population, don't let that become a thing though. That then, and this is my opinion, but you know where it becomes larger than that, and now it's no, no, no. We have to get everyone under this umbrella mm. and we're going to use social pressures to do it because that's mm. how that's how people who are – I keep on forgetting words today. I'm having a bad day with words. But people who are like <laughs> not grandstanders, opportunists, right? Mm. Grifters. Grifters. That's the word I wanted. When grifters see situations like that, they can seize it. And mm. they can, and I'm not saying like all these people coming out and saying convert to religion X or grifters. They're not all, I understand that. But mm. I'm saying like some of them are just willfully a little bit blind to, well, what does the person across from me want? Mm. Forget what they're, let's say they're doing something wrong in their life right now. Forget what they're doing wrong. If they could be a good person, they want to be a good person. Most mm-hmm. 99.999% of people want to be a good person. Yeah. What, what would they want? Not what I want. I'm supposed to help you and accept yeah. you because that's what my religion teaches. What do they want? Yeah, because they ain't all about you. Exactly. Like, what? Who made you God? <laughs> or whatever you think is like, what? The? I don't know. You know, it's like I think having different beliefs is like what makes the world go around clearly. You know, like if yes. there was no good, you wouldn't know what good is. If there's no bad, you wouldn't know what bad is. You wouldn't know the difference. If there's no bad, you don't know what good is. If there's no good, you don't know what bad is. I think I said that wrong the first time. But you get what I'm saying. So it's like there has to there has to be differences. There has to be bad people so that you can understand what it means to be a good person. Right. There has to be people who are atheists because like that's just what they want to feel. And like the, those differences are what you know, 
spark conversation yes. and like make people like really like it's like instead of judging someone why don't you just try to understand them and say like why do you think that way or what makes you feel that way and then you you never know what they're gonna say and you'll be like okay and whether you you agree or not who cares just respect it and move on i think it's just yeah it's just very like self um selfish and like annoying to think that people should be like you in every way i mean like i wish everyone would just be like cool and chill but i don't really i don't i don't care what religion you are or what i don't i don't care like i don't care just right. be a good person like be cool you, you also have the perspective too yeah like, like you 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 found your own way and like yeah. it all worked out too in a lot of ways you know like you're and you have a family and like we already said like that oh sexual orientation that's what i was trying to say like religion sexual orientation exactly. race whatever i well, don't care actually, who you are just i mean i i care in the sense of like i appreciate who you are and like where you come from but i don't care how you want to live right as long as it makes you happy and that and you're not hurting anybody and i th- i actually and i part of me wants to believe this but i also think it's it's true most people take away their phone take away the internet take away whatever they yell out there most people would agree with that they don't mm-hmm. really care like when some of these people tweet out at certain groups or whatever that they disagree with they don't really care about those people mm-hmm. if they cross them in the street they're not really going to care that like, yeah. you know, I'm wearing a t-shirt and you're wearing a jacket. And yeah. That's not a real example, but you know what I mean? They don't really care. But now, especially like with the internet, everything becomes a group. Everything becomes a religion. So they want to go, yeah. fuck you. I don't like what you do. Die. Right. And yeah. not really. But- and everyone's very, 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 very brave behind a keyboard. Yes. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> like, <laughs> Exactly. And so I think. It's like little 10-year-olds or like you never even know who's writing it. Most people don't even have like a a legitimate like a legitimate profile. It's like trolls or whatever you call it. It could be like an old person. It could be a young person. It could be anyone just like wanting to bring someone down or just wanting to like be mean or or just yeah or wanting to just they they can't help themselves. They just want to blurt out how they feel at all times and it's and it's from a place of them being upset with themselves about things mm-hmm. it's all from a place of insecurity but i think the reason over the past few years i've gotten so much more curious about religion and and how organized religion has changed over time and like studying mm-hmm. it is because i feel like we have replaced religion in other things in society Mm. right obviously some of these things still remain you see organized religions not doing the best things around the world sometimes seem doing good things too but you see in like politics you have these two wild sides that have these opinions and the divide keeps going farther and farther and i find it incredibly difficult to have a conversation with people who are very, very hardcore, like very hardcore, mm-hmm. one way or the other, and it just gets harder every single day. And yeah. it's because it st- it's taken on, it's far past this point, it's taken mm-hmm. on the worst that religion could offer, right? Mm-hmm. When it gets culty, when it gets completely closed-minded, obviously, when it gets to a point where it's all about what the mob around you says and, oh, mm-hmm. that's what we think? Yeah, let's do it, you know? And 
if you look at like even the top of our society, look at the look at the White House. What have mm-hmm. in my lifetime? What have we done? Left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right, mm-hmm. and it just gets worse and worse. You get like crazier and crazier as you go. You know, and now we're now we're at the point we are now. We just had a celebrity in office before this. You know, so like people, <laughs> if that doesn't show you that people can can just like form a crowd and suddenly be like, "Fuck yeah!" Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I don't know what will. We're living in the world of internet and social media, and it's like. Everything is just literally at your fingertips at all times. And it's just a lot of it is um, literally meant to make you feel a certain way. Like, that's what they want. That's what the technology, like the things you see. Yeah, Yeah. 100%. It's like being thrown in your face constantly. It's, It's like creating fear and like anxiety. And like, and if you're not aware enough, like you start to live yes in that in that like mindset of like being scared of everything and i mean think about it like you open or how how many times do you watch the news and really hear something good never like hardly ever and then even on social media it's like yeah you could see like funny things and good things but then you're also bombarded with like all this shit that's going on and it's and in a way it's like it makes you think that everything is so bad but really it is. A lot of things are like kind of out of hand in a way, but I feel like they've always been out of hand. And it's just now we're just seeing everything so quickly and from everywhere. Like you can see everything. It doesn't matter what country you're, you want to look at. It's going to be there. And it's you- like, you know what happened in Australia the other day or, or, in, or in Italy or here. It's like everything is at your fingertips and you're just like... And then of course it's like when you see that all the time like think about even the pandemic like that was mentally like that that was crazy oh it's like one of the most unnatural things ever it's just it was just crazy you know you society adapts to things arguably faster than ever now for better or worse strictly because of the mass communication which can also show whatever you want Mm -hmm. you know i'm sitting here and I don't watch the news. You came in here today. The news was on. The news was on two different TVs in here. The, we yeah. had one upstairs here on CNN. The one downstairs on Fox News. Yeah, because you're going to get loony from both ends and try yeah. to find the truth in the middle. And the saddest part is, and that's only because there's like an invasion going on. So I have it on the TV. Just yeah. see what the fuck. These of course there. Yeah, because right? like let me like clarify that there are very important things that go on. Like yes. it's not just like being bombarded with like bullshit. Like there. Everything is important, you know, and and especially something like right now, like, yeah, that's very scary and and you should be aware. So there are things that you should definitely be aware of. But I just mean and and like, you know, when you put it all together, it's just like a lot. But my issue is that even looking at all of it and having all the information, the saddest part to me is that, again... I do do this on the internet every day. Mm-hmm. If I don't watch the news, I'm on the internet. I see what's going on. My first question with everything is, well, okay, is this is this real? Like, yeah. Like, you know, people can make shit look, look very, very... You take things out of context all yes. the time. I saw there was a video going around yesterday of... A heartbreaking video of a father in Ukraine mm-hmm. kissing his little daughter, like two-year-old who's leaving Mm. on a train with her mom to go away and he's staying back because he's going to fight. 
And when I was watching this video, I watched it like four times, and it may very well, it may very well be exactly what they say it is. Mm -hmm. But people are sharing this like crazy. I see all different pages putting it out there, like big pages. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, how sad is it that I'm genuinely wondering if this video is from yesterday? Mm. Like, who put this there? Where yeah. did this start? Is this is this some sort of like who who would want to do this? Why? What are what yeah. would their motives be? And I don't think you you're know? wrong for having that doubt sometimes because some people be like, "What do you mean? Of course it's real." Like, yes, we're not saying it's not, but there definitely is a lot of you know. A lot of times, I feel like we're being a little tricked, and, and not always clearly. But I I definitely hear you having that those moments where you're like is this really how it happened is this really what's happening because there are just a lot of situations where the the full story is not being told and people are not saying everything and they want they want one thing to look a certain way mm -hmm. and then there's a lot of misinformation yes i mean you you talk to like different people and and someone was like oh yeah well it's their fault no it's their fault no, this is what happened. No, this is what happened. You're like, well, what the fuck happened? What was happening? <laughs> and that means like, where do you even start? Yeah. You know? It's scary. But I mean, that to, sounds to me, really scary. sad. That sounds like a very sad video. And I, I don't know. It's and, and again, that could, that could be a hundred percent real. No, of course. Sure. But I'm but just, I'm, it's sad that I got it. I'm saying it's sad. I got it. It is like sad. That. We shouldn't have to think like that. We should just see things and trust it and be like, damn, that's heartbreaking. But there are definitely times where, Things have happened and then you see another article that's like, that video was from four years ago and you're like, oh. Yeah. I've been duped by that before. I've been like, Yeah, oh, I think shit. we all have. Yeah, God for damn sure. it. I was like telling people about that one, you know? Because there's so many different um, platforms that post and, you know. It's fast. It's very fast. All day. All day. the time. Oh my God. Like sometimes I can't even go on Instagram when certain things are going on because it's like, it's too much. It's a lot. Yeah. You know, you see like wars break out rarely, but when they do, it's like, whoa, obviously yeah. we haven't had it. And not to say there aren't wars that happen every day around the world. There are, but I'm saying like mm -hmm. on a massive scale, like in. And it's scary though. Yeah. And that, and so it's like, yeah, I think. Be aware and be educated, but that shit's scary. I don't know. And I I think that's why it's like a blessing and a curse. It's like good to have everything at your fingertips so you know what's going on and you can be aware. But it just can be bad because it, it just can be very uh, mentally like f exhausting or brainwashing depending on what information is being put out there. And I'm not just talking about what's happening right now. I'm just saying in general, like as a whole, like... There's just a lot that it's, is always, It's both, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. It's exhausting and brainwashing. Yeah. Everyone, technically, all three of us included. By the way, we're going to hear from you soon. Yeah, <laughs> there is one. Right. We're going to get there. I just, this is like so tight back here and you got the guitar and everything. So the whole time. As long as I got my, got my friend, we're good. Yeah, you're chilling. <laughs> all right. Real trooper. But yeah, like he all is. of us to an extent. Mm -hmm. to some extent maybe it's smaller maybe where people that look at this the right way and like sift through information i know i did data on my feed my data is like 70 percent 
liberal, 30% conservative, and I think it's closer to 50-50 because I think... You can do that? Yeah, there was like a thing I did, like some weird like data thing like two months ago because I was curious. Mm. Some of my liberal, like 70%, I know have to be like some libertarians who have Mm -hmm. some conservative leanings. So it's like, all right, well, I got to call it closer to 50-50-ish feed. You can't tell me that within that, though, there's not all kinds of like either straight up misinformation or people who are running away with opinions, which then turns into misinformation or contradictory points that when I'm just reading through throughout the day, I miss that like, oh, I took this one in at eight o'clock from this person and then took Mm. this point in at 11 o'clock from this person and never even put two and two together that those are literally the the opposite ideas or like Mm. a different way of explaining something that happens so neither of them are true or only one of them you know what i mean yeah like, it's this really is, confusing this is every day every day every single day every and, day all the time that's why it's it's like ooh. and now imagine human history like let's take it back to what we were talking about mm. like with religion we're all going off of shit that like people wrote down five thousand years ago two thousand years ago whatever mm. you know think about all the all the generations that had to go through like stories change things change who knows who saw what or when. So like to me, a part of it should just be like as a person, when you have a relationship with with like a higher power or something like that, it's more just your peace and faith like of something mm. greater than you. It's not so much like I am certain this is exactly every single thing that's going to happen. When I die, I go to this floor on the, on, on the building and report yeah. to God why. You know, it's not – that's mm. not – that's not what it is. Yeah. You know, it's it's a very strange thing. It is very strange. I yeah. I think everyone should just you know, you know, make sure that their mental is in check <laughs> and try to be as uh, at peace with themselves as they can be and then just you know, be good to others and and be kind and just like try to be open-minded and not be judgmental and then like and then I feel like that's like the best thing you can do. I think you just solve world peace. Right there. That's it. <laughs> like I don't know. I just feel like that's like the best thing you can do. And because like, there's, it's never gonna end. Do you know what I mean? Like it's never gonna end. As much as like all these things that happen, you're like, what the fuck? Like even in the city, like you know, when I hear about all the subway attacks, like that shit scares the fuck out of me because I'm. Has that been happening a lot recently? I mean, I've I've just seen it everywhere. Have you have you seen it everywhere? Because I've seen it everywhere. Oh, maybe it's just on my <laughs> on my feed, or I don't know. That's the thing too. The the phones and these things like literally like hear what you're saying, and then mm-hmm. they're giving you ads and they're giving you information based on like what you're talking about. As you sing down in the subway too, so you're saying to people like, "Oh, I'm going to the subway. It's yeah, whatever so, today." So your phone hears that goes, "Oh, send her subway content." So I'm hearing a lot about that. Like, there's definitely been a lot of stuff going on there but i'm i'm sure there's always stuff going on but of course with social media it's like you're hearing it a lot more and i do think that there is a problem for sure i mean there there i've just heard of a lot of like subway attacks and and certain things happening it's very sad and scary but even for me it's like you know that i sing there and i but i'm not going to like stop living my life right because i don't know it's like anywhere can be scary and it's just just try and be aware, be careful, and, like, I don't know. It's just never going to stop, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> And you're always trying to get more good to win out, which over human history, that does happen. Yeah. Like you look at every single statistic. I always tell people about uh, Dr. Steven Pinker's book, Enlightenment Now, where he lists out statistically 
everything from like world hunger to homelessness to across the spectrum, war, Mm. all these numbers over time. And you can see, yeah, you have like a bad thing happen and something spikes for a day. But Mm -hmm. over time, the numbers all go down or up depending on what's supposed to be positive and whatever scenario it is. You just can't control life. You can't. But even though it gets better, you still have that bad. Like you said it so well, like 15 minutes ago or something like that, where you were talking about in order to in order to know what good is, you have to know what bad is. In mm-hmm. order to know what bad is, you, you have, have to, to know, know what, what good, good is. is. Yeah. And like, if if life were just all, if everyone was the same, if it was all the same, then what's, what's the point? Uh, like, that'd be weird. Yeah. So it's not like we sit here and say, well, that means that everything bad that happened needed to happen, right? Like, if we could yeah. go back and change things in history, like if you could go back and stop the Holocaust, we're doing it, right? But yeah. There's things, but then then it happened. Yeah. Exactly. So now what do we get what do we get from that? What are the positives that come after the fact? I was born. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's that's a simple one, but that that's no, I'm it. kidding, I'm kidding. But yeah, of course you like if you could change things that happen a hundred percent, you would want to. You'd be like, Oh, that's terrible, like that people went through that and there are so many things you see, you're like, I wanna change that, but you know, at the end of the day you can't. You know, what's happened has happened. And by whatever by it happening it creates all new stuff and if it didn't happen this is not the world we'd be living in and and you don't know what would be different it could be worse it could be better it could be the same right it's like who says that changing one thing is gonna like change everything i just don't don't know yeah you like but it's it's interesting to like think about those kind of things. Like, what what if the what ifs are tough? Yeah, the are but so then it's tough. almost like no reason to think about it because you're like, oh well, we're never gonna change it. Can't go back in time. And if we could, I want to know how because that'd be cool. Yeah, be Just to like, wild. well, I don't I don't wouldn't want to go back to certain things because I feel like that's I don't know. It's a lot of crazy shit that goes on if you go back and change stuff though that's where it gets weird but then the then the crazy thing is like by changing one thing you change everything yes the butterfly effect you change everything are you every decision like brings you to the next to the next thing and and it changes everything like every decision if you don't do one thing everything changes literally it could be the smallest thing it could be like the coffee shop you went to like you know what I mean? Like, I'm just thinking specifically of my boyfriend. I met him in the subways singing. And I think about, like, if I did not wake up that day, and not even that, because I woke up, I went to the subways, but, like, when I was there, all this different stuff happened. Like, when I got there, the spot I wanted was taken by this guy who was, like, always there. So I went to a different spot. I sang at that spot for a little, and then I was like, I don't want to be here anymore. I'm not feeling it. And I literally stopped mid-song, which I never do. And I was just like, something in me was just like, stop. And I stopped. And I packed up and I left. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go to a different spot. And then I like left. I left. I filled my Metro card. I walked back in. I was going to go to like 34th Street. I was at 42nd. And then I'm talking to my friend. And I'm like, you ever have Gregory's? And he's like, no i was like oh my god we have to go there turned around walked back the guy that was in the spot that i wanted 
had never done this before, literally called me over and was like, hey, um, I'm leaving in like 30 minutes or something. So if you want the spot, I was like, yes, I'll be here. Don't give it to anyone else. So I went, I got like food, came back right away. He left the spot, I took the spot. And then like literally like 10 minutes, 15 minutes in, I don't even know. Well, my now boyfriend walks up, but you know what I mean? It's like when I think of that day, I think of all the different things that happened Mm -hmm. that led me to that exact spot at that exact moment. If I would have ignored, you know, my intuition to stop at the other spot and I just kept going, then I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have walked out. And then if I, if I didn't decide like, oh, let's get food, I wouldn't have walked back. Mm -hmm. And the guy would have never said to me like, hey, I'm leaving. And he's never done that before. And then he gave me the spot. So it was like, that's why I guess it just made me think of that because to me, that was like a, whoa, like everything would have been so much different. My whole life would be different. Cause like my whole life changed. You know what I mean? Yes. Like we've been together for like almost a year now. So it's like everything changes when you meet people, especially when they become like your boyfriend or girlfriend, you know? Yeah. <laughs> But I think about that when we were saying that, because one thing, like even the timing, if I went at a different time, if I, everything would have been different. If I never met him that day, maybe I would have met him another day, but like everything would have been different. So it's all, it's just interesting how like we are constantly like creating our story and you don't even know. I've heard a number somewhere in the neighborhood. I Shout will- out to Lucas. <laughs> Shout out, Lucas. <laughs> I've heard a number somewhere in the neighborhood. I'm going to get the exact one wrong, but it's something like four trillion. It's mm-hmm. one in four trillion that you're going to be born. Like mm-hmm. the probability that you are going to happen. Like the right sperm is going to meet the right part of the egg, whatever. Like that mm-hmm. whole thing goes down. Then think about that on a daily basis once your life happens. Mm. Heard someone else say it was, I think it's somewhere between. 30 and 50,000 times a day, you make some sort of decision down to a micro decision, which Mm -hmm. I think qualifies even for like, do I decide that I'm going to say something right now? Like when we're just in the middle of a conversation, that's a decision, you know, like little things like that. So many thoughts going on in my head at all times. Think about all those times throughout the day and how they all, this is why people talk about habits, how they all build upon each other and Mm -hmm. formulate like the overall painting of what your day became Mm. every single day that happens so you talk about like your boyfriend right now and how that all those things had to line up like how many different decisions just right there within the big decisions you talked about like leaving the restaurant what time do i want that spot oh i'll come back for that spot deciding like oh i'll walk there at this pace instead of that pace all led to that Mm -hmm. and then throughout your life every relationship every friendship you've ever had Mm -hmm. Same thing. Yeah. Think about your best friends. What if like, what if like your mom didn't say like, oh, go play with so-and-so right now? Exactly. You know, it's a wild, wild thing how different life could be. Yeah. And it's interesting because I was just thinking how like that day when I decided, oh, let's go get food. And we walked back. The reason he called me over in the first place was like, because I literally said to my friend, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stand here and watch him for a few minutes. Because I felt almost like I want this spot. And I was like, I'm just going to watch him. And I stopped to watch him. If I didn't stop, 
he wouldn't have called me over. So it's like, I just, I just thought of that too. It's like every decision is just, I don't know, just trust your gut, you know? Yeah. Or follow your, your intuition. If, if you're, if you're like, I just need to be here a little longer. Yeah. Then stay. <laughs> if you're like, I need to sleep a little longer, sleep, like just trust yourself. I think that's like an important thing. But it's true. You never know how you're going to meet people or what's going to happen. You just... mm. You never know what... It's not that you never know. You can tell when you're doing things, at least like in your gut. You can Mm -hmm. tell when you're enabling like negative things. But... Oh, yeah. You can't... That's true. You can't then... I'm going to make up a word. Misequate that. Or what's what's it like? Falsely equate that? Is that right? Poorly compute. See, that's like way smarter than I was going for. But thank yeah, you. Gabriel right, has all like you can't you, you can't poorly compute something answers. like that. In your, I know yeah. this. I can tell this guy's like a rocket scientist. I know, but <laughs> you can't like get that wrong in your head. I don't want to lose my train of thought, but enabling something versus being afraid to make a mistake mm-hmm. is just they're two very very different things. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes people will try to do everything so right mm-hmm. that they don't try anything at all. Yes, you know, I would you know agree with that. Be like one thing I always say is like you have to be uncomfortable to grow. Yes, like you need to be uncomfortable. If you're always comfortable, then it's not good. You need to make yourself uncomfortable, and of course, I mean that in like a very, like, I'm not saying like put yourself in dangerous, uncomfortable situations because, like, again for the most part, we know what's right and what's wrong. Yes. Like there are some things where you're like, yes, don't do that. But I mean like in a very like motivating way, like for example, like me singing in the subways. Would someone consider that the most comfortable thing? No, you know, but it's like you have to be uncomfortable to grow. And like, I don't really find it that uncomfortable, but I've also been doing it enough that like, I'm just used to it. But someone else would be like, oh my God, that's so uncomfortable. Like, Mm. I'm scared. Like, that's scary. Well, yeah, okay. You should be a little scared. I mean, bring someone with you. Don't be like, don't be unaware of your surroundings and don't think that you're like invincible. Like, be careful with the things you do and and be mindful. But like, yeah, I think that you have to be, you have to do things that you're scared of and you have to be a little uncomfortable in order to grow and like learn and be like, no, maybe it was a mistake, but well, it led to something else or I learned this, I learned that. Like you have to start somewhere to learn. Yeah, completely agree. But let's let's start talking about the singing because we've been mm-hmm. we've been referring back to it. We talked about it at the very beginning and how I found you before you ever even got connected with me, which was cool. But when did you start singing at all? I mean, is this something were you doing it growing up in an Orthodox Jewish household and you could always do it? Or was it like you kind of discovered it after you started going to public school and other people would sing and you tried doing it? Um, I've been doing it forever, just in different ways. So like ever since I I was a kid, I was singing or humming or like very musical. I always <clears throat> just like loved to sing so that that was very natural and very much a part of me um i didn't really perform when i was younger growing up religious and everything um it wasn't something that i did 
that I, that I really like nourished, I guess, but it was something that I could always do. Like I'd be at like my friend's house and I'd be like just singing and like having fun, but I didn't, I didn't understand like what I was doing, if that makes sense. I just loved to do it. It wasn't until I, you know, started to get older and then my brother is a singer as well and he plays guitar and he's mm. a songwriter. So he started really like bringing me along in certain situations. Like he'll be like, I'm doing this. You're going to come sing with me. And so then I started like singing with him. Like my first performance actually was when I was like about 11 or 12 at my cousin's bar mitzvah. And someone, I think it was probably my brother's like told the DJ like, you, you have to let her sing. She can sing. Like, let her sing. And I was, like, so little. And, like, I was just, like... But I, I really... I always had this no-fear mentality mm. kind of thing, I think. Where if someone, like, asked me to sing, I'd be like, okay. Okay. Sure. I didn't, I didn't understand. So I'm like, all right. And then that was my first, like, real, like, public performance, I guess. I just sang a cappella. Like, I just stood there and sang Alicia Keys' Fallen. So what kind of music did you have like access to growing up did you listen like all the same things that were on the radio or like um not really but once i did start listening to things it it stayed in my mind very quickly i learned very quick so like once like my brothers started you know listening to different music i feel like they really exposed me to a lot of things like rap and disturbed and (laughs) like remstein like all these different you know and um what, oh my god what's his name i just forgot i just forgot the name of the person i was thinking of but that's fine but yeah eminem not eminem wasn't the one i forgot but eminem and i remember i was obsessed with christina aguilera like mm. i started my mom oh, started like she gone i love, I love her, her. my first email was mini aguilera 05 all right so just that'll tell you that much fangirl I loved her, but it was more because I like really, I loved singing her stuff and she, I would literally like imitate everything she would do. I would do like her background and her melody, like, (laughs) like do everything all at once. And, um, so I, I think at first I, I, there wasn't that much music. It was more like just like Jewish music as far as I can remember. But once things kind of started to change, there was more like my mom is the one that I think the one that like played Christina Aguilera. I remember she really? was playing like the stripped album. Yeah. Fighter. <laughs> and like it. it just and the Alicia Keys, like that was like some of the first um or yeah, some of the first people that I really like took to was like Alicia Keys, Christina Aguilera. Who else? I don't know. Those were definitely like the top two for sure that I started hearing and then just like singing. Cause like my videos from when I was younger be like me singing Alicia Keys or like Christina Aguilera, mm. or even Whitney Houston and stuff like that. Oh, legend! It's her up there. I so, know. I love that picture. A lot of people don't know that's her when they first look because she's such a, she's so young. Well, I looked at you it know. and I was like, that has to be Whitney. Yeah. But I just didn't. I I didn't say anything, so I was right. So cool. you were right. I was right. Yeah. <laughs> but it's amazing how like. So you were singing like just kind of like Jewish songs and sing-alongs growing up and then you get shown you get shown yeah. music and you connect with it right away. Yeah, and I'm not going to say I never heard anything that was like non-Jewish. I just I really can't I I don't remember that clearly, but I I do know that I didn't start like really singing 
out or or singing that kind of stuff until like once I was like in public school or or like you know things were kind of changing. But that was my first uh, performance. Was at my cousin's bar mitzvah and I sang a cappella. I just sang Alicia Keys "Fallen." And you were already in public school at that point. Yeah, I was in public school. How old were you again? I was I like twelve. Twelve. Okay. I I was like 12. No, when you went to public school. Sorry. Oh, how old are you in, in fourth or fifth grade? Oh, yeah. So maybe I was like nine or 10. So, yeah, that's the other thing. Like, I I left pretty early on in my life. But I mean, I still like clearly remember things. And it's it's still enough for me to like, understand the difference. But there was definitely like a shift like at like 10 or 11. Something around that. Yeah, when you went out into public school. Yeah. Started seeing things. Yeah. And then so that was like my first performance and then my brother definitely started to give me more work (laughs) i'll put it that way (laughs) you know he was always writing and he'd be like come we're gonna perform here we're gonna do this you're doing the talent show with me and like he would make me like we wouldn't like i won't say he would make me it's not like he'd like force me but of course i would have my moments like oh and he's like no you're gonna do this and then we would he would make me practice with him a lot so I definitely give him a lot of props for that because I think he definitely like um, nourished it a bit when I was younger and like kind of instilled like that uh, commitment in me, like to be like, you're going to practice or no, sing it like this. Come on, sing it with soul. You know, like he would mm. like say He's like a coach in a lot of ways. Too. Yeah, in a sense, like and then so I would do different shows with him and I would sing his originals with him. And like, so I definitely got a lot of like practice with that and then yeah and it just it was always something i would do like i was just always no matter where i was it was like sometimes it was kind of almost like not a bad thing but it was something where people would be like do you ever stop singing (laughs) you sing all the time like like it kind of there were times where it felt like it wasn't a good thing because people Mm. would you know, say things that seemed like rude or like judgmental or something or made it seem like I should stop. Um, But I never did (laughs) and um, (laughs) never will. But yeah, it was just kind of like a process. So I did a lot of that. I think I took, I took lessons for like, 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 two or or maybe like three or four weeks not very long when i was in high school or middle school i really can't remember and then i did like talent shows i was always in choir and then i went to college and i got my degree in music and i ended up doing a whole four-year program of you know Mm. being classically trained and learning opera and everything so and then after that, then I started writing more and just, yeah, kept... When did you start performing. writing for the first time? When I, you know, I started writing in, I think in college, like throughout college, I started attempting to write more because mm. before that I had never, I never knew what it meant to read music. Like I didn't know what... Like, music is, like, another language, first of all. Yeah, absolutely. Like, legit is another language. 
It's not just something you look at and you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like you actually have to understand like what it's saying. You can the thing the one thing about that. I agree mm-hmm. completely. It is another language. The weird thing about this language of music to me mm-hmm. though is that unlike other languages where maybe you can vaguely understand by cues the topics of what people are saying if you don't really speak the language. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, you, you don't really know what's going on. With yeah. music though, you know, and I've I tell people I've never googled this to make sure cuz I kind of want to believe this one in particular, but mm-hmm. you know, people have said before that Frank Sinatra couldn't read a note of music. Yeah. Couldn't read a single one in his life. But you could put that motherfucker up in, in the studio with the whole orchestra behind him. Mm-hmm. And if the one flute guy in the back missed one note that was like here instead of here, you and I can't even hear it. But he'd be like, yo, stop. Fire that guy. He's out. Yeah. Right. You know, like he can. There's there's a language to it that even yeah. if you can't read exactly. it, you know it. No. And I 100 percent agree with that because I never knew how to read it. And I have always just learned by ear. You know, like how you're saying, oh, Frank Sinatra could hear that that was wrong. It's like, I'm not saying I'm Frank Sinatra, but like <laughs> I can I can relate to that, that like, you know, learning by ear and, and just depending on my ear. I always depended on my ear to learn things and to know things like when if I was in choir, or even when I was in college, to be honest, even though I was learning how to read music and I had to do all these things because that was part of the curriculum like i had to learn piano and i had to learn how to read music but i wasn't amazing at it and i it didn't come very quickly to me because there are people who have been doing it forever and i hadn't been so even when i you know (laughs) i feel like this might sound bad but i don't care i don't think it sounds bad but this is just how i do it like when i i did two operas when i was in college and for both of them, I looked it up and I watched it over and over and then I knew it. Mm. You know, I learned it by ear. And that's way and I went different into the, than your style. And I went way into different. the Yeah, and I went into the rehearsal like literally knowing every part and my friend was like, What the fuck? <laughs> I was like, Oh, I just like watched it like over and over again. That's amazing. She's like, What the fuck? <laughs> and it's like my ear is just very um it just picks it up. So, like, I, I trust my ear a lot in that sense. But, of course, it is, you know, it was good to, like, learn what things mean. But I'm not going to lie and say that I, like, sit there and read music all the time. I should do it more. And I, I should, like, nourish that but or nurture that. But uh, sometimes I don't. Um, but <clears throat> in terms of writing, that was kind of what sparked it. Like, once I started having to learn piano and, like, understand, like, the keys and, like, you know learn how to read a little i started like messing around on the piano more and just like playing and then i didn't really start writing words and like actually believing in myself more i feel like till after college because then i started i was out and then i was like performing and like just trying to do different things and then i finally got into the studio and like recorded my first song and then, so it was just such a process. And I graduated in like 2016, mm. 2016. Yeah. And I released my first song like a year ago. Did you say you, you do play <laughs> multiple instruments? Yeah. No, what? I'm kidding. I, <laughs> I'm like, I play every instrument. <laughs> I, only, I play piano and I'm not like Mozart or anything, but I play. 
It's something. I play, yeah. I understand like the chords and I, I know how to like play well enough to accompany myself and to um, write. But I'm not going to, I'm never going to be like, oh, you need a pianist? I got you. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, not going to happen. Playing and singing at the same time. A lot of people who have just done it their whole lives, it's effortless, but it mm-hmm. is an amazing thing. Like, especially when it gets to complex, you know, yeah. chords and progressions and stuff, you're like, holy shit. Like, how yeah. are you, like, on the piano or on a guitar, like, how are you remembering every little thing there and then also hitting your yeah. notes and, you know, you're closing your eyes and singing the song and belting it? It's like, yeah. Know, some I've thought the just same can. things about Gabri. Like, That's exactly how it is with you. Like, you think about it, and you're like, I'm going to do this. Like, I know. The, the instrument, after a certain point, just becomes your voice. Like, I hear what I'm playing. Like, yeah. I consciously feel that. And it's with every musician of, like, a, yeah. a certain level. Yeah, it's it's very interesting, because I can definitely multitask. Like, I can be singing, and, like, literally, I've had to do this. Like, people are having a conversation with me, like, as I'm singing. And I have to... F- I'm, like, singing, and I'm having a conversation at the same time. And I don't lose my place, and I'm, like, very... That's I'm multitasking. But it's, like, I've thought the same thing about Gabby, because I, I, <laughs> I remember that one time we were doing this gig, and he was literally playing, and this woman was, like, talking to him, and, like... <laughs> telling him all this stuff and and he's like yeah 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 okay yeah yeah and he's like plan- i'm like looking at him and i'm like jesus what the fuck he's over there riffing free bird like yeah no totally right yeah like taking down her number and like you know like <laughs> like yeah 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 well, well yeah yeah no it's fine it was like a good like minute conversation and i'm like but he it didn't he didn't you know it was fine i was like yeah but that's it's kind of like a reflection, I guess, of like what we do. It's and not. How. It's not like running and talking though. At the same time, like running, it's the same. You know, you learn the yeah. motion when you're a kid, or walking, you learn the motion when you're a kid. It's one foot in front of the other. You're playing different. No, you're playing different songs. You're playing different. But I guess entirely it, different vibes. But you maybe know? it almost kind of becomes like that because. Or sorry, I was so far. Maybe it no, almost guess- becomes like that because it's like even for me when I think about like singing. I just feel like I could sing things in my sleep. You know what I mean? It's mm. like, especially when you do it so much or when you've sang a certain song so much, it's like, I could literally think about something else. I don't want to do this, but I could think about something else the entire time and still somehow like sing the song and be like, right. But I'm literally not even th- thinking about it. Like, I don't do that, but I could. You do it when you do something over and over again, though. Like, yeah, like and if- you said you sang out loud all the time. Like, just walking yeah. around and stuff it's your yeah. whole life and if i needed to if i'm like singing but i need to do something i need to fix something or multitask like i can do that and get it done at the same time because my brain just doesn't i don't know it like doesn't differentiate it it's just like it's the same thing i don't know if that makes sense no it's 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 your trade like yeah. when when people are great at something they do it repetitively there's that old law which some people have argued with too because there Mm -hmm. has to be like purpose in it but they say like ten thousand hours or something like that i don't know if you guys Mm -hmm. heard that i have definitely heard that but yeah like it does make sense if you are doing the right things and learning whatever it is and Mm -hmm. improving you know you put in ten thousand hours i forget what that equates to in like actual time i always wonder what hour i'm at it's it's a lot right so 10 years 10 years around there i must be over ten thousand hours so (laughs) <laughs> so I can't play the guitar, 
right now, right? Okay. I can't. If you said to me, okay, Julian, you're going to go in this room for 10 years and learn how to play the guitar, I'm walking out of there as fucking Hendrix. Let's just be clear. Like, yeah, right? I mean... Like, it... like for 10 straight years. Yeah. Even if it's not 10 straight years because you got to yeah. sleep, all that shit, but like, you know, you learn it. You get, you yeah. get pretty good at it. So with singing, like, you were doing it when you were a very little kid mm -hmm. and you just got really, really good at it. And so now, yeah. you know, yeah, you want to be present and you can see it when you are because, I mean, there's just a thing that happens and mm -hmm. it's like on another level. Or, you know, there can be moments where you're not thinking about it and you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, I'm doing something else right now. And to the person just passing by, they're like, wow, that shit's fire, you know, because yeah. it's just what you do. Yeah, I definitely am always like, I feel like very present, but there's just sometimes where you can't control certain things. Like you have to like stop and like fix something or something has when to someone's happen. someone's yelling at you. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I'm also not perfect, and I'm I am definitely fine with admitting that. I have moments where I I mess up, but I I just like have fun with it. You know, I'll be like, "Oops!" Like I literally have videos too of me like messing up. I like say the words wrong. And I'm like, "My bad," and I, like <laughs> keep going. And of course, like if that was like a really important performance, I probably wouldn't take it that easily, or I wouldn't be like, "Oh, oops!" I'd be like, "Oh my god, I'm so pissed." <laughs> but I used to be such a perfectionist when I was younger. And I, I still can be sometimes, but, like, I try to, like, just not be such a perfectionist because I just want to, like, sing and have fun. But, yeah, it's it's weird. I, I do think that there's also, like, a natural ability to, like, do things sometimes that kind of puts you ahead of the game in a way. And then there's, like, learning something from scratch almost. Yes. Like, I would say that I believe that I always had a natural ability to sing. But and then I've I've worked on it. Even yes. even with that, I've worked on it and I've trained and I've I've like taken it very seriously and I sing all the time. So it's like you become like one with your voice, you know. And then the same with like an instrument, you become like one with your guitar or your your sax or whatever you play. Um and I'm a big believer that like like you were saying, like someone could sit down and learn. I mean, singing is one of those things that I think, like, everyone could, like, take lessons and get better and learn. Like, I I don't know how you're going to sound, but, like, at the same time, I'm not I'm not going to be the one that's going to tell you you're bad. Well, mm -hmm. I don't believe in that. Like, I don't really think that's, like, fair, you know? I think we all have different voices. I, I don't know how I just got to oh, that, you're, but... Oh, you're talking in the context of just singing. Or, case. well, really, I guess everything, because, like, I don't know, like, there's just too much out there to think that there's one way to do it. Oh, for sure. You know, yeah, there's, there's no, just, like, no way. There's no such thing as that. There's like, no way. way. Like, yeah. I you just can't, no, yeah. It's, the, the, the human mind has, has an imagination. Mm -hmm. And I've I've seen some studies on this with like other creatures because other creatures do have it, but we have a very powerful form of it. I think yeah. dolphins are another one. From I might be misremembering that, so check that. But I think dolphins are like another one dolphins. that have that. But there's there's minds that can like go and see things that aren't there. You mm -hmm. know, make make water from a stone. And so when you're talking about anything creative, which is pretty much anything, but especially like the creative arts, like yeah, there's not. Listen to the greatest singers of all time. They all go about it differently. Mm -hmm. I mean, Bob Dylan. 
Yeah, that was the that was the name I was trying to think of before. Thank you. You just wow. What just, what were you trying to think of him? When before? I was talking about uh, some of the music my brothers were playing. Oh, he's playing Bob. Bob Dylan, who's arguably perfect one, example. One of the greatest songwriters to ever live, and he's got a unique voice. So that unique. When you first listen to it, you're like, you're like, you're a singer. Was that good? Yeah. I don't know if that's good. But then you measure it, and they've done this like scientifically. The man never misses his pitch. Yeah. And and that's why at the end you're like, oh, no, that was good. Yeah. But oh, it's different, and it's again. unique. And, yes. that, and he's a perfect example of why I say I can never literally sit there and be like, I mean, don't get me wrong. There are technical things that are that are just realistic like if you're off pitch or if yeah you know even on a guitar whatever it is you can you can hear well most people can hear that it's off pitch <laughs> but like bob dylan is such a perfect example and that's the name i was trying to think of of why you can't just be like oh yeah no your voice is not good enough it's like mm, you don't know that you don't and the the market look at it look at how he turned out, you know, amazing. And I'm sure a lot of people told him, "You can't sing," because a lot of people tell everyone that. Even the greatest singers are like, "You can't sing." Don't don't sing. I don't know why we do. We I don't know why a lot of people do resort to that, and especially though, not just like the regular passerby who has nothing to do with it, who's just in the crowd. That's I guess that's just like human nature, but. I always wonder about people who made it. Mm. They had to, you know, shit had to happen for them to make it, right? Like they, yeah. they had plenty of people tell them to fuck off. A hundred percent. It's like this passed down thing then where then some of them, they then feel, they forget where they were and then they feel like they can be that way to someone else. And they mm. don't even, you know, there's some people who maybe they just don't have it and you know that their work ethic or like their desire to have it, you can yeah. kind of tell it's just not there. That's yeah. a little different because that person's going to weed themselves out anyway. But like there there's a lot of people who make it who just kind of like ignore everyone and they're mm. like, "Nah, you're probably not good enough." And it's yeah. like, "Well, how do you how who are you to say that, that? Yeah. I don't yeah. Also and I, and it's not all about talent, you know. No. When you said the work ethic thing, I just thought of that like it's really not. You can be super talented, but you also have to be super committed. And like talent isn't everything. There are some people who can pick up a like a guitar, let's say, and they're they're not as good as the person next to them. But if they're so committed and they they literally like yes. play that guitar as often as they breathe, you know, it's like you turn around one day and you're like, holy shit, yo, you're really good. And you're like, oh well, that's what happens when you like actually put time into things. Yes. But yeah, it's not all about talent. It's 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 so like there's so much to it. I think I don't know. Unfortunately, I think sometimes people just get really caught up and then they forget to like be open-minded and be nice. They forget where they came from. I mean, even yeah. like in sports, LeBron James is the most perfect specimen of like a human being athletically I've ever seen, mm -hmm. including when he was 18 years old and still at least a little skinny he was mm -hmm. he was a greek god i mean you saw this man he's six foot nine he can run like a gazelle all this stuff lebron <laughs> is in year i think like 19 right now he just went to his 18th all-star game he spends like 
with inflation, it's more, but like $1.5 million a year on his body and on mm. the work regiment that goes with it. You don't just, point being, you don't accidentally end up getting all the records he has and winning no. the championships and things like that just because yeah. you're born perfectly. There have mm -hmm. been other guys who were maybe not like that, but they're incredible and they don't get there. Mm -hmm. Then there's guys like Kobe Bryant who, don't get me wrong, great athlete in the context of the world. I would argue that you could even look at his measurements, like his vertical leap and stuff like that. In the NBA, I'm not sure he was ever a top 10 athlete in the league, which mm. he, means he was still a very good athlete in the context of his peers, but he was never number one or something like that. Mm. But yet he was the best player in the game because that dude didn't know anything else except working on his game and getting better and better. Yeah. You know, it's no different in singing. Someone who goes and works with a, with a voice coach every single week of their life, several times a week, practicing the same little transition from mm -hmm. one little pitch to another little pitch working on that for three months, mastering it, going to another one, like little nooks and crannies. Yeah. You don't think that makes a difference? Of course it does. It does, yeah. Again, I, I definitely believe in like a natural ability to do certain things, but I also believe in like, I mean, if you perfect one thing or like just work on it over and over, like you might sing that song so beautifully and you'd be like, whoa. Yeah. Because you're like, you're t it's a lot of it is technique. Mm. you know uh, well most of it but then like when, once you know the technique it's also like I, that's one thing like being classically trained that was hard for me is it's very technical which is great because it teaches you a lot but How then so? like in layman's terms what like it's very like there's a certain way to like position your mouth or like where mm. you should put your tongue or like how to like say like a certain like if it's like an e or like a ah uh, or like a like you know there's just different ways to like position yourself and there's different ways to like transition into notes so that way it's like easier to get into it and then there's like different there's head voice and there then there's like belting and then there's chest voice and right. and then there's ways to mix them all together and yeah which it, is hard yeah and, and and there's there's just a lot of different like technique to it that can make singing something that much easier or that much um, simpler. And then, but then once you have the technique, then it's like, okay, well, it's not just all technique. Now you have to, now you have to also like do that kind of without thinking and now just sing. Right. Because if like, if you're just thinking about technique, you might be like a robot, like, you know mm. so it's like just getting used to like putting it together but yeah I, I agree i think that you can learn i would love to do like a study like that on someone what do you mean <laughs> like find someone who doesn't really sing and then put them in lessons and have them like work on like this one like a like one mm -hmm. song and like see like a before and after of how they sing it there was a podcast maybe like two or three years ago, something like that, where they did an episode on that, on the Freakonomics podcast. Mm. And I think they might have, it might have been centered around them studying like a micro dose of the 10,000 hours theory. That might have been it, but I got to check that. Mm -hmm. But they had like a regular 45-year-old woman who had always wanted to sing but had no clue how to do it. Yeah. Learned to sing. And like she put in that time specific time yeah 
amount throughout the week and then she was able to sing at the yeah end because they played it and i'm like wow yeah you i don't know? know how like i i i really don't know because i've never like really seen someone in that position but i definitely do think there is again a very natural ability like whitney houston aretha franklin yes. like you know there's certain people you're like okay no one can do like not everyone can do that you know it's like there's very um you gotta be born with seven octaves <laughs> yeah there are certain things where it's like okay yeah you're born with that but yeah. then of course yeah i think that if if you work hard enough and you're committed enough to like learn something then why not but it's the same like even artists right it's like Maybe I can go to art class and like learn how to draw a face, but there are people who like their their art is insane. Like their their portraits and their realism, whatever it's called, is like what? Whoa! Art's even more subjective, though. Yeah, because like exactly. with singing, like you said, you miss a pitch, you can kind of tell. It's just not like it's not gonna work. There's there's people that can't make that work. That's true. With art, you know, you can go to an art show in New York and people are crowded around like a box. Yeah. <laughs> like it's exquisite. Or you know? yeah, or okay. you could be like doing something and then like you by mistake get like paint somewhere and you're like, okay, but it's art. That's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. It's kind of hard. Like with a when you're singing, if if you do miss a note or it like goes off pitch, it's like kind of hard not to notice that. Yeah. That's true. What about the songwriting side, though? Because you said you got into that, I guess, like mostly after college, but you'd started a little bit in college. I think that was the answer, right? Yeah, started a little bit in college, but didn't really, I feel like, have enough confidence in it. And then afterwards, I finally started going to the studio and I like recorded my first song. And then so I just, then it that kind of like sparked a lot of writing. And then I just started really getting into it more and and no i i was never taught necessarily how to write so i'm kind of self-taught in that way and i'm still learning a lot or trying to learn more so i'm not gonna sit here and be like i'm the best writer but i write how i want to write <laughs> i don't think a lot of artists that's one thing i'm not sure a lot of artists are really taught how to write you know the ones who yeah. get to study and you did study a program and everything mm -hmm. but you started i guess before any of that like the ones who get to go through like a really amazing program and get taught by like the best of the best, sure. And mm -hmm. I, I don't know examples, but I know there are out there. But like a lot of writers, a lot of people who come up, they just started writing when they were like 12. They're like, oh, that sounds good on that baseline. Okay. Let's yeah, go. because I really don't like there. There is definitely, I don't know, there's like a formula to it. Or so I've heard. I've never really studied it like that. And I don't really always care to because I just don't, I just want to do my thing. I don't know. I'm open-minded if someone wants to like teach me something or if, if I work with another writer, like that's cool. But I just really believe that like I'm telling my story and I'm writing what I want to write. And like, you're not going to tell me that I'm wrong. How you gonna, like, you're not going to tell me that my feelings are wrong. Like I'm writing what I want to write. So I'm going to write it. Where does it... I mean, you kind of just answered this question for me, but I just want to expand upon it. Like, where does a lot of your songwriting come from? Is it compartmentalized thoughts all put together, or is it more on, like, very specific emotions you're feeling at that time, and that's what it has to be? Mm. Like, you can't just be like, I want to make a song about X right now, and write that, versus, uh, no, I can do that. I'll, I'll go into this vibe, because that's what I'm looking to create today. Mm. 
I feel like I can't really force myself to like create necessarily. Like sometimes I'll be like, I want to write a song, right? But I'll just like sit down and it's just, it's not working, mm-hmm. you know? But then there are other times where, yeah, it is very, very um, inspired by a certain emotion or experience that it just like, I'll write it in like five minutes and I'm like, whoa. And then it's like done. Or I'll just like write it in my car. So, and I'm just saying what I feel. So it kind of can be both. Like, but I find more often in, in my experience that I just get really like inspired by either like something that happened to me, something that happened around me, mm. or an emotion I felt. And then it usually just like pours out in that way. And I just like write and then it and it feels right. When it doesn't feel right, I usually walk away <laughs> because I'm like, I'm not going to force myself to write something if it doesn't feel right. When you're writing, are you, do you hear in your mind like exactly what notes you're going to hit with it? Or is it more you kind of have an idea of like, even just the type of melody and then mm. later you're going to get creative with, okay, I'm going to hit that syllable right there. It's going to go way up, you know, cause you're feeling it out. Interesting it's question. I like that. Um, well, I feel like for me, usually I, I, I do have times where like, I've had times where I am in my car and I think of something and then I'm like, I take my, uh, audio recording, whatever the fuck it's called. What is it called? The audio recording. Voice notes. Voice notes. No, voice notes I'm sorry. on the phone. I was blanking too. <laughs> Thank you. And I'll I'll like sing into it and I'll end up like writing most of it or all of it and then I'll go home and then I'll like figure out whatever chords I was doing. Um so I but usually I'll be at my piano and I will just like start playing things or, or playing around with chords and then I don't really th- my voice just like does what it does, if that makes sense. I don't really think about it too much. I just kind of like let it do what like what feels right. But there are moments where I'm like, okay, well, I want to find like a, I'll, I'll, I do have those moments where I'm like, yeah, I'll go up here. But I don't, I don't feel like it's that um, calculated in my head. It's just like kind of like whatever feels right. And then sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll mess with it just to be like, you know, because you still want to have that that sense of like, all right, this is going to be a big bridge or I'm going to go really high right. here. But then also sometimes you just like don't or me. I'm like, I don't care. It just feels right. It feels right. This is what I want to say. And I think I, I think when people think of this from the outside, you mm-hmm. know, like someone who doesn't write music, of course, they see the final product and mm-hmm. they like it or they don't. Chances are they like it if they're looking into it and wondering how you did it. But like the path to get there yeah sometimes as you said one will just come together in five minutes where it's Mm -hmm. like for whatever reason it's a simpler melody or like the words are just there you're in that flow state and everything hits and that happens but like a lot of these processes and even on those when you go back to perfect it it's like you're going bar by bar and you're you're almost like to equate it to painting something imagine you could be doing a painting but you could also backspace you see what I'm saying? Mm. Like, 
meaning it didn't matter if you took this stroke right here, you could come back and redo that stroke, which they yeah. they can. Great artists can do that, but I'm saying like they don't they don't want to be doing that all the mm-hmm. time. In this case, you are getting to do that because you're like, well, wait a second, hold on, let's. Yeah, the end didn't sound right because that one in the middle right mm-hmm. there. Let's go back and rewrite that part, and then it's kind of like it can be like a domino, and now you're like, oh, but but then we're gonna do this to follow that up, and then exactly. the song can even change by the end, and now voila, you yeah. have it. Honestly, sometimes I'm thinking about like certain songs I've written, and like I feel like in a way I blank out sometimes, and I just write it. If that makes sense, yeah. Like I'll be like, I don't even know why I thought of that it just felt right and then it just came out of my mouth and then i was like okay cool and then i'll like once i have like an idea of like oh this is how the verse went then i'm like okay so now and then it just like comes together you just you like write to that sound and then you're like oh this is the chorus okay so i'm gonna repeat this now and then you're like okay well now i have the i don't know it just it's weird it's definitely weird and i feel like everyone's process is really different but and everyone writes pretty different, I feel like. But I, I enjoy it. I think it's fun. Do you, I don't know if you said this, I might have missed this, but do you plan on like when you're going to sit down to write or is it all just strictly, no, I'm feeling it, let's let's go hit it right now? It's usually I'm feeling it, let's go hit yeah. it right now. I can't really plan it. It's like, I I can try, you know, I do try to like, okay, sit down and do it. But... I'll never force myself to do things if it just doesn't feel right. Like if I sit down and it's just not working, I'm going to (laughs) leave. And I don't know. Sometimes maybe if you sit there long enough, it will come to you. But Mm. I just have found in my experience that like when I'm when I I know when it's the right time, like when it feels right. And I sit down at my piano and I, I start to like say something or write something and then it just like i write it so quickly and it all comes together and i was like oh cool that felt good yeah but like therapeutic too it is but i do challenge myself to like think of something i want to write about and then sit down and do it so i'm not like completely avoidant of that but i just i definitely like to listen to my myself more than like oh i need to do it this way and it needs to be this way Mm. you know i want to i want to really i don't know it's weird sometimes i feel like some people just like write to write and that's fine too i need to do that more i need to just keep writing to just to like fucking write and just Mm. like bang them out maybe they're bad maybe it's good but i don't know i just there's something about like really feeling it and it just like pours out and there's nothing like that feeling. And I know, I usually know when it's happening and I know when it's going to happen. Cause I know like the mood I'm in, I'm usually very sad <laughs> and then it happens. So I'm in my sad bag. Your music leans more towards sad. Um, in a way I feel like it could, but I try to keep it like sad and happy at the same time, but maybe Maybe I feel like it's, yeah, maybe. But I, mean, I wouldn't I mean, say it's all sad. I do have some songs that are like, you know, more positive kind of. But sometimes they're like kind of sad. But then I'll just, I like to have like an upbeat beat and make it sound like happier. But I mean, I, I mean yeah. this in a good way. Yeah, you have like a very 
I mean, I think you described it yourself as like R and B slash soul, mm-hmm. something like that to that effect. The the way you play with your voice and everything I've heard, you have like a very good deep thought sad voice. Like mm. that kind of music where I want to turn the volume on a hundred and and close the doors and like just vibe. Even if I'm not Thank sad. You. you know, just like Thank Oh, you. this is like this I, is I like that you right said here. I like that you said deep thought. I really like that. Yeah. Because that's kind of that put it that was like a really good way to put it because sometimes I'm like, well, it's not just like sad. It can put you in, it can make you think, but it can make you think in a good way. It can make you think in a bad way. Like even like the lottery, I feel like in a way, maybe it can make you think of something that made you sad, but in a way it can make you think like, yeah, screw you. Like your talk is cheap. Oh, I thought you were good, but you're not like, Mm. like you just caused me frustration, like whatever. You know, but then it also has that element of like, yeah, but those things can make you sad. So I, I, yeah, but I like that deep thought. I feel like I'm always in, in deep thought. So I guess that comes through. Yeah. And I feel like I stay pretty true to that. I don't know why, why that came to mind, but I would describe a lot of different types of music also with that tag. There's just, Mm -hmm. there's something in, and of course, like the instruments matter and like what the actual songs sound like, mm-hmm. of course. But there's something in the voice that just kind of does that for you. Whereas, like if you listen to like Birdie, that's just all like she's incredible. It's mm-hmm. just very sad. It's like, yeah. oh, you know, unless you put like a dubstep on it, right? Someone that's puts true. a dubstep on Skinny Love, you're like, and it's oh, okay bet. to be sad. Yes, absolutely. It's okay to write sad songs. You know what I mean? If there was no sad yes. songs, you don't know what happy songs are. No happy songs, you don't know what sad songs are. Exactly. <laughs> Everything is right for the time that you need it. So, and I feel like that's kind of sometimes people are like, why are you so sad? And you're like, well, why aren't you sad? yeah it's a human emotion (laughs) yeah Yeah. it's like we all have things that we tap into and we all have life experiences so i think that and i I don't know i i like to be like real and just pretty genuine with how i feel so i feel like that's how i write it's just kind of like how i feel and i've always kind of struggled with that idea of like oh maybe my writing's not good enough and whatever but mm. It's something in humanity. Okay. It's something in humanity that brings about that creative gene in people mm-hmm. where they're feeling where they're feeling sad and some good shit happens. I mean, I was talking with my one buddy the other night who just had something really sad happen to him, and you know he's in like a really bad place, and he sent me a file of a song he wrote and recorded the same mm-hmm. day, and you know I've been talking with him seriously, and I'm like, oh. How do I tell him this is like really good? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because I'm, I'm listening to it and it was raw. It wasn't like something he would make a hit. It was a very mm-hmm. personal song, but the writing was unreal. You know, it was like, yeah. whoa, you felt like you were there. And I, and I was texting with him. I said, you know, I want to say this the right way in all seriousness as a side note. I'm very sorry you're going through this, but goddamn, are we going to get some great music from it? And he was like, no, it's you're right. It's, it's, the, it's the artist's curse. You know, there's something about it. It's 100% true. Like, if you really tap into that emotion, that's, that's at least for me, that's where it sparks from. And I feel like if you listen to a lot of songs, like, if you really listen to the words, they're not all that happy. They might just have, like, a happy beat behind it, and then you're, like, kind of tricked, but they're pretty sad not all but a good amount and i feel like that's wow. just that's just right about that. 
Yeah, a lot of them, because that's just where I feel like a lot of inspiration comes from is going through. It can be going through good things. Yeah, of course, that can spark like a lot of emotion. But, you know, it's it's living life and having experiences that really makes you like sit down and feel a lot. And then you're like, just like, yeah, and then it's just like all coming out of you. And you're like, Ugh. that's why I. There are times where I'm like, ugh, I don't want to, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do that. But then you think like, but if I don't do it, I'll never write a song. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like. That's no, okay. It's healthy. Yeah. No, because you have to live life to, to like feel inspired. Like everything I feel is from the experiences I've had. If I, if I don't do anything, how am I going to like feel you know, so I don't know. But I, for me, that's really where I, I really agree with that because I've, I find that like some of my favorite songs that I've written are always when I'm my, like I'm at my saddest. You just blew a hole in my head with that, <laughs> with that explanation though, that most songs, even you said, even ones that are like happy or upbeat are actually sad. Yeah. It's like, it's like if you listen to the words. And maybe sad isn't always the right word, but mm -hmm. I know what you're saying. The connotation isn't a celebration. Yeah. It's not like, we are family. It's not like that for all of them. Yeah. There are a lot of songs where, like, you think about it, the most common thing that people sing about is love, right? Because it's yeah. the most... It's the love, most, heartbreak. Exactly. It's the most chased after human emotion. You can get a pure heartbreak song that's very clearly sad. It's written in minor chords, the whole nine. Mm -hmm. But you can also get... And now I won't think of an example when I say this, but we could run through them and there's a ton. You can also get upbeat songs that are about chasing love that inherently mm -hmm. talk about the failures that went on there, which means that the person who's coming up with that song and writing it is yeah. feeling those things and remembering those things. And they're not sitting there like, oh, yeah, when she broke up with me, that was great. Like, mm. it's that's not how it is. It's more like, oh, yeah, yeah right. Oh, no, that, that would work in there. Yeah, we, we could throw a reference to that. But that's from a place of like, some pain you know mm. yeah i mean i think that i don't know i feel like bringing creating something from pain is when like i feel like it's really felt you yes. know because we all have pain and everyone has like different levels to it i'm sure and there's just everyone's going through different things and we're all going through things and nobody is like new to that no matter what where you're living or how you're raised or it doesn't matter like we're all going through something and we all have pain so i think when you can like tap into that and make someone feel less lonely that's what really like um does the trick i guess because you can like be like oh my god i really relate to that oh my mm. god they took the words right out of my mouth I'm not the only one that feels mm. this way. Oh, shit. Okay, I'm not alone, you know? So I think that's why it's important to be honest and, like, yeah, be fucking sad because people need to know that, like, it's okay to feel these things and you're not the only one that feels it, right? If, like, everyone's too happy all the time, you're, like, ignoring that it's okay to um, not be happy all the time. Yeah, it goes right back to what we've been saying. It yeah. It makes, makes life have a point. Yeah. The key is to not be sad all the time. That's tough for some people. Yeah. You know, depending that's on true. what their experience is or what's going on in their life. That's true. But a 
the other part of that is there are a lot of artists who are, who are inherently sad people who get their. I feel like most artists are pretty sad. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> probably way, more. Sometimes. Probably more. I think because there's I think also we think so much. Yes, exactly, exactly. That's it. You're thinking about all these other people, and like if you start thinking yeah. about all the bad you see around them or see around mm-hmm. yourself, and also like the bad in your own life and you stay in those thoughts and you're creating in those thoughts Mm -hmm. it's that process over and over again like why why'd kurt kill himself Mm. when that dude just like that when he was holding a guitar and lighting a cigarette he was in his own feeling great Mm -hmm. but then like when he stepped out of that and everyone's like oh kurt cobain He, he didn't he didn't want that. He wanted, mm. you know, there was something he's like, what are all you people doing? Like, what's wrong with me? Yeah, that's you a know? whole other level to it. Yeah. That's some, it's crazy. And then it ends, in that case, it ends in tragedy. You hate seeing yeah. that. But it's a real, it's a real thing. I, I talk about the Robin Williams one. I mentioned that a few times on this podcast, but like that guy lived to make everyone else laugh. Mm. Everyone else smile. He was so talented, but he was also, he was hilarious. Just yeah. like in nature, he's quick-witted, the whole nine and then he starts going through something on his end and i guess he got diagnosed with parkinson's or something didn't tell anyone Mm -hmm. and he was sad and you know he didn't go to anyone else to help him Mm. because it was like in his mind he's like well now i'm not going to be able to make people laugh that was my Mm -hmm. drug to deal with my own pain Mm -hmm. you know and that's it's crazy to think about because you you picture a lot of most robin williams movies there are some exceptions you picture like this really happy happy-go-lucky dude, which is a movie. You know, it's not real mm-hmm. life. But then you'd see him talk in public, and he seemed great. You hear about people who were friends with him or, you know, hung out with him at, at the comedy clubs and whatever, and, like, he was happy. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, what, what was he? What people show isn't everything. And yes. Anyone can put on a good show. Yes. Anyone can perform, you know? But that doesn't mean, like, that's how they truly feel. And I don't know. Those are really great examples of how you just need to like be grateful and be happy with where you are at at least for me like i remember um when chester bennington yes lincoln park Mm -hmm. when he passed i was like i was like whoa it really like shook me in a way because i was i think out of college Maybe like two years out of college, I'm like clearly still pursuing music and wanting to do this. And I kept telling myself like, I'm going to be happy when this happens. I'm going to be happy when that happens, when this happens. And then I remember that happening and I was like, whoa, but like he had like, he had what I wanted, right? Like he's like successful and he's doing so well and everyone loves and like, you know what I mean? And he's like, he's he's fucking Linkin Park. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And you're like, no way. He was unhappy. And then you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's not about that, right? It's like you just have to be happy with, like, where you are. And, like, that's it. It's not the things that come to you aren't going to, like, necessarily make you happy. That's what you think. And you're like, oh, well, I'll be happy when this happens. I'll be happy when that happens. never works that way. No. and, And that's why it's, I guess, really important just to, like, check in with, like, that mental part yeah and checking with the people around you yeah because you never know like what's really going on you know sometimes it's 
it's very easy to make it seem one way, but really deep down, people are just like really struggling. So, yeah. But those are very like, it's very sad. Yeah, it's very sad. But yeah, you can't judge. It's like anything else. You can't judge the book by its cover because no. when you get to a place, there's all kinds of new impeti around you, impetuses, mm-hmm. whatever around you that you didn't know were going to be there. And now your perspective yeah. is where you are, not where you were. Now, the trick is being able to have always a perspective of where you came from and, and all the po- focus on the positive of where you get to, right? Mm. But that's a lot easier said than done. Yeah. You know, just having a lot of money, can money help? Sure. Does it solve your problems? No. No, no, no exactly. You have to, you as a person have to really like just be in check with yourself and that's not easy to do all the time it's it's hard to be a human being life's hard yeah it can be a struggle so i feel like there's just and especially yeah i mean i think also when you make it to a certain level and when you're in the in the public eye and and you're also dealing with all of that it can get even harder i don't know i'm I'm not them and i i wasn't there and i don't i didn't know them like that but yeah, I mean, it's very sad, and you can only imagine what could have been. I don't know how you to can say only it, but like, it, yeah. yeah, what could have? Because a lot of people would look and be like, "What? You had everything, or what? I thought you'd be so happy." And it's like, no, but it's not about that, you know. And then I don't really know how we got to that, but I guess just it's what happens. We just yeah, go it's just <laughs> just great. It's goes great. like not to sound depressing, but yeah, it's just. People are in pain and like pain is real. So, well, on a on a lighter note, more, yeah, more back to positive stuff. We had t- <laughs> we had talked a little bit. I think like at the very beginning when we were sitting down about some of the subway things because we were talking mm-hmm. about like the people who come in there and yell on their way to work and shit like that. Yeah. But what like how long have you been doing that? And you talked about the whole like comfort and discomfort thing. You got to mm-hmm. do things to make you uncomfortable. So I know that's part of it. But like. Were you thinking, oh, this is a good opportunity to get noticed just because I can, you know, I can make videos of this stuff and put it online? Mm-hmm. Or was it just like, ah, fuck it, I want to do that? Um, well, I've been busking now, I think, for like three years. You've been what? Or busking. I call it busking. What the fuck is that? Busking is like what I do. It's like the act of like performing on the street and whatnot for Is tips. that a real word? Yeah, mm-hmm. Buskers. That's a real word? Yep. And I haven't known this? <laughs> You're talking to one right now. Busker. busker. A busker. I'm a busker. Are you fucking with me? No, no I no. swear. This is real. It's so a if real I say thing. it is in the future. I'm it's a hundred percent a real thing. If you look it up, you'll All right, we'll look you'll it up. see. So, you, so anyway, I'm sorry. You've been, you started busking. <laughs> so I've been doing that for like I would say like over three years now. And it it's a, it's for a lot of reasons. I mean, for one, I always say that if no one's going to give me a stage. I'm going to make my own stage. Mm. So that's one right there. That if I don't have it, I'm going to create it. I'm not going to say, oh, but I don't have somewhere to sing. I'm going to find somewhere to sing. You know what I mean? And yes, it is strategic because I'm seeing hundreds of people from all over the world, not just from the city. I mean, there's like people who are visiting and they're walking by me. So it's like, one of the best um, marketing yes. tools, I guess, yeah, that I could do. Absolutely. And like me with my sign, like that's just 
me marketing myself. But also, it's really fun to like connect with people and just to sing. And like, as much as, you know, I've gotten the, the hate, which doesn't happen that often, it doesn't outweigh how many amazing responses mm. I've had. Like people who dance or or who get emotional or who tell me like, wow, like you're singing the exact song I needed to hear. Or like, mm. oh my God, I just had the worst day and you just made me feel so much better. Can I give you a hug? Or just like, oh, I'm so happy you're here. Or like, this is so refreshing. Or like, oh, I really needed this. I, I felt so depressed. Like, these are real things I've heard, you know? Like, it's not like I'm just making it up. And it's it's something that fulfills me because I don't feel like I was just given this talent, if as one would call it, mm -hmm. talent or whatever, just to like sit in my room and sing to myself. I'm actually kind of a shy person. Like, I'm really not even that, like, I can be pretty intense, but like I'm a little more like introverted. I It's very hard for me to talk. I get nervous talking. So even stuff like this is like, I'm like, oh my God, I feel like what I just said was weird. <laughs> or I feel <laughs> like I'm talking too much. Like, what am I saying? But, f and like when I'm not singing, it's like, I'm like, blah, blah, I'm like fumble on my words. But like when I'm singing, it's like a different person. I'm just like, I feel like I'm like there to like, do my job like right. i'm supposed to do that like there's something like that's what i'm supposed to do you know so i i so there's a lot of reasons why i do it but that is definitely a big reason is because i i'm all about energy and i believe in energy and there's nothing like going out there and just like giving my energy and then being able to to affect someone in any way I feel like I did my job and I feel like I am using my gift or yeah. whatever for the right reasons. Like I'm just trying to put out good vibes or put out good energy and like, I don't know, in a way also like maybe help other singers or people who want to mm. do this realize that they, they can like don't listen to anyone and just like do it you know what i mean just go out there and, and and do it no fear no it's cool and it's also like with your backstory it's very cool too because i imagine sure there's gonna be someone out there but there's probably not a lot of people like left left orthodox judaism and became mm -hmm. like a like a huge star and you're working on being on your way here oh yeah i was about to say i'm like i'm not a huge star but you're working on it it's <laughs> getting there. working on it it's getting there you got numbers online I see that. Yeah, you know, I mean, and, and that in itself is like, again, you know, people always say it didn't happen overnight, right? Like, right. I've been posting videos for so long. I've been, like, always exposing myself in so many different ways. But, yeah, the the busking thing and, like, singing in the subways, especially because I was doing it before the pandemic. But when I started going back out, when did you get to go back out? I started going back. Well, at first I was going back out into like the parks and like in like Jersey because I'll, I'll do that too. But when I started going back into the subway, it was like, let's say December, January. It was right when I released the lottery. 
And part of me going back. 2021? 2021, yeah. 2020. 2020. My bad. 2020. I lied. December, January 2020 into 2021, though. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And I, part of me doing that was for a lot of the reasons I just said, but yeah, I was like, oh, I just released the lottery. I need to like go out and like market myself and, and sing and show myself. And, and it was just amazing the response because I think people were so um, tired of not like hearing music and not being around people and feeling connection. And it was just still so like, weird around that time that i even was like i don't even know if i should go i feel like people are gonna judge me but i was like i was like whatever were there a lot of other people out there like a lot of other performers starting to come back not really i feel like it was pretty quiet it was it was definitely quieter than it than it used to be there were people but i feel like it was definitely because like music under new york which is like a whole thing they do wasn't it's like an audition based program where you what is that it's called Music Under New York, Muni, M-U-N-Y. Okay. If you ever see someone with like a flag in the subways, it says Muni, that means they're part of Music Under New York, which means they auditioned and then they're given the right to like, they're given like time slots to go to a spot. Oh, and like a specific as, spot. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if like I'm out there and someone comes up to me and they're like, hey, I have this spot at four o'clock and they show me like their schedule, then I have to give it to them because technically like oh, it's they, their spot. I got it. Yeah. Can so, you just sing anywhere? Can you just set up anywhere? Uh, I never asked that. Like how that Not works. really. I mean, there's kind of like loopholes to it, but I don't reveal all my secrets. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's no, like, there, it, it's a part of the culture though, which yeah, is, I you, would think you, anyone could do it. You kind of learn as you go, but there are definitely like in the subways where I usually am, it's called the mezzanine. Like that, you should be totally, you should be fine there as long as no one like complains or something you know Mm. and during covid that could have been more that happened to me once and i was like what the fuck but it's because it was like during covid and i guess someone complained but usually you should be fine there but then there there are just some spots that are like if someone turns a blind eye you're fine but if they do tell you to leave you have to leave so it, it really just depends like who's who's around but you can't really necessarily sing like on the platforms by the trains because that could be considered as like a distraction and right. dangerous. So I've gotten away with it, but you're not supposed to do it. So it just really depends. But are there more out more people out there now doing it again? I would say, uh, I think so. I've only been up there a Maybe. couple times. I don't know. I always like it's one of those where every time I'm like going out, I just keep I like um just put out the energy that i'll get the spot i want and like kind of manifest it and just like kind of focus on that so most of the time i'll get there and i'm like oh it's open for me (laughs) so but i i do think people are out i guess i just try not to think that they're there because then if i do that they'll be there and then they'll have my spot i see how you're thinking about it differently yeah i think no i I understand because you got to do it obviously you have to think yeah but i was the last time i had been in new york before the pandemic was like a week before and I'll never forget it because it was the first day like the market was crashing mm-hmm. and I was taking a, a call down in Grand Central Station and I'm I'm on that I'm on the Bluetooth I'm looking at my phone at like the stock chart I was still on Wall Street at the time so I'm like talking to a client who's their stocks are going like this <laughs> and I'm like looking at all this red 
and I'm looking, the clients in my ear, like talking back and forth. And then I'm looking up, I'm seeing all these people walking around, like everything's normal. I'm looking back down, I'm looking up, I'm looking back down, I'm looking up. And then I'm like, we're gonna be all right. We're gonna be good. Yeah. We're gonna be fine. Nah, nah, don't, don't worry about it. This, this shit's blown over. Like everyone's walking around. We're, we're good to go. It was and then, crazy. And then didn't. And so that was, I would, was in New York all the time, all the time. And Me so too. then I wasn't when the pandemic started. And I went back for the first time, January 2021. Mm. And this is, you know, this is like the depths of hell at that time, obviously. And when I went there, I was afraid to go because I love New York. It's my favorite place. But I'm like, I wonder how bad it got. You know, you, it was you, weird. It's it's it was so weird. But that's that's the thing. Structurally. You know, there have been, like, all the protests and everything, like, mm. all kinds of stuff going on. The city's <laughs> falling apart. Structurally, it looked a lot better than I thought it was going to look. I'm like, mm-hmm. God, this didn't, didn't look that bad. I mean, there's the weird, like, little restaurants on the street that made no sense. But, mm-hmm. you know, outside of shit like that, like, it, it looked okay. It's just the people. Mm. Nothing. Streets at, we got there at 9 o'clock. Or, no, we got there at 8 o'clock on a Friday night. Mm-hmm. I've gotten there at eight o'clock on a Friday night a lot of times in my life. And it's this, but it doesn't matter if it's the dead of January or the top of July. It's this bustling, moving place. And one of the first things you notice is, well, obviously the people on the street, you hear everything. But then you notice like music in the background. You notice culture, like it's in your face right away. Mm. And I will never. It's like comforting. Yes. Exactly. It's like, it's like, ah, the world's alive. Exactly. It's like this background, like almost like. It's like it makes it home. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And we get off. We hop in an Uber from Madison Square Garden. We go down to Lower East Side where there's always shit going on, you know? Mm-hmm. And I get out of the car because we're like six blocks away. It's like we'll get out here. And, and I get out and we start walking. And I was just like – I said to Brady, I'm like, yo, stop. Nothing. And then we walked like maybe three blocks and then I heard from like some restaurant that wasn't even open – some dude, like I guess some old Italian guy. This is – he must have been two and a half blocks away. Way down. You would never hear this. I hear some guy playing like the – the uh, I don't know if it was a guitar, but it's like the other thing. You would know what it's called. But the thing they play in like Italy and he's literally playing like the god the, – the mandolin. Yeah, that's mm. it. That's what it is. <laughs> so the man- – I knew you'd figure that out. He's playing like the mandolin the dictionary. and he's playing like the godfather <laughs> music. And I'm just, I'm taking this in and I'm like, that is not, I love the Godfather. I love that music. But I'm like, that is not what I need to hear right now. Cause there's no, you know, there's no one singing on the street. There's no one doing like wild drum shit that I'd never listened to, but it sounds great in New York. You know, there's no people moving around. Like that's what makes New York, New York. You know what I'm saying? And it's amazing that the culture, like a lot of that, that I, and I appreciated it then a lot of the culture I associated Mm -hmm. with it was like a lot of the street art you see around you. Yeah. And then it's gone. Yeah. And that's why. Because I, I felt that too, like one of the first times I went back into the city, not even to sing, just to go, I literally got off the train. And I was like, whoa, felt like deserted. It was just so quiet and eerie and weird. But once I started going back out into the subways, it just like, and I and I was always posting my stuff online. But I think that, you know, around that time, the videos really started to like, yeah. hit because everyone was just like missing mm-hmm. music and 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 like 
energy and real life. And it was kind of like, I don't know. You walk off the train and wow, finally someone's singing. Yeah. Or or like, oh my God, someone's out. People are doing things. Like I feel like my my videos were kind of that in a sense of like I got I got some like hate, like, oh, you're the reason why <clears throat> I can't walk into New York City. Put your fucking mask on. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh my God, like, yo, we need to live. So I feel All like right. it was just kind of it was, uh, yeah, I'm very happy that I, I went back out when I did because, like, I think that regardless of anything, I just think people needed it, you know? And I think that 100%. it was important to bring that. And that was a big reason why I'm out there and I'm always out there because I feel like people need it. I don't think about the the random haters. They need something else. <laughs> they need help. <laughs> but majority of people just need good vibes. Like, they need it. You know what I mean? So that's why I um, am there. And I feel like that's why everything kind of went the way it did in a way. Because I think that it was needed. We needed people to be back out into the world again and, and be like, it's okay. Don't be scared. Like, well said. Live, you know? Yeah, I so agree. So I guess that's kind of what I was trying to do. I hope to God my microphones did that justice. That was that was unreal. <laughs> Thank you for coming down here as well. Anytime. You came right out of the dugout at the end there. Three hours cramped in the yes. corner. <laughs> fire you, on the Gabri. guitar. Well, Thank you, Gabri. Yeah, and then Nasha, those vocals were unreal. Thank you. So where can everyone get your music? Um, everywhere. Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube. And how do you spell your name? N-A-H-S-C-H-A. Well, there Nasha. You, there you go. You guys come there down here and record whenever you want. I love thank this vibe. You. Thanks for having us. You guys are both are awesome. Thank you so thank you for it. coming in. Thank you. We'll do it again sometime. Absolutely. Everybody else, you know what it is. Give it a thought. Get back to me. Peace. <laughs>